talk about board games. We're going to talk about board games. Episode 19 of Talk About Board Games now has you in its spell. You are compelled to hear us discuss several small games, visit two Halloween theme parks, and fight till dawn in Furia Dracula. I now look into your earballs. Now that you have invited us in, you are doomed. Controlling the message in your head is... What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Fred the weirdo and Nicole. Earballs? Earballs? You don't, you don't believe in earballs. <laughs> You're so weird. <laughs> All right. Well, it's the second uh, episode in October. Yeah. You believe that? We got another one after this, though. Isn't yeah. that awesome? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you love October. Well, yeah, I love it just as much as everybody else does, don't, don't I? Well, probably a little more than most people, you I think. You think so? I think so. I don't know. Well, uh, we did actually still get some games played. I know. Despite how busy everybody makes October. For you. Oh, they love it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. If you're in the service industry at all, you know that October's like the hot spot of the entire fall. Yeah. Because everybody's wanting to, I don't know, get wrapped up. I don't know what they're doing. They just they want to have fundraisers. They want to have like end of the year meetings because you know technically the fiscal year ends in October. For who? Not for, everybody. Like for taxes and stuff for businesses. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Oh, I'll fight you. I know. But let's hear about what got played. We like to game with gods. We like to game with dice. So this is what we say. When the chips were gone and the sun came up, hey. All right, Nicole. <clears throat> now, we actually got quite a few games to the table this time. I know. I was shocked. I'm pretty surprised most of them are pretty good, too. Yeah. Yeah, we had some good ones this time. <clears throat> yep. Uh, first one we got to the table was recommended to us, and we picked it up. It was Patchwork. Yeah. And uh, it's a two-player game, right? It is. That's it's the only, only way you play it. Only two players. And like the title, it's it is a game that is as quilting as a theme. Kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and shockingly, it's awesome. <laughs> I know, but can you believe that? That's that's actually the theme of this game is quilting. Hey, let's it, quilt together. It so works. It completely works for it, though. Mostly, what it is is it's sort of a spatial contest between the two of you to try to acquire the right patches. And and you pay for them with buttons, so that when you put certain patches down, they let you acquire more buttons. And you've got this little grid of spaces, and you're trying to fill your grid up as much as possible before the end of the game. Right. Do you remember how the game ends? I can't remember what the end condition was. Yeah, there was like a, a time tracker, basically, and, and anything that you did could result in having to move on the time tracker, or right. sometimes you could just opt to move on the time tracker That's right. to earn buttons. Mm -hmm. And when you get to the end, then the other person gets to do the rest of their turns to get to the end as well, right. and once you're both at the end, and the you game's could pass, over. That's right, and you could pass, one of the ways you could gain more buttons to buy patches with was to pass, and then your your little time tracker piece would move all the way up to one space ahead of whoever of was in front of you. Right. 
And uh, whenever you put a patch down, it moves you on that time track as well. And whoever, you know, By a specific first, number listed on the on the patch itself. Right. And the uh, time track actually has little bonuses on the spaces where you can get like, oh, you get the coveted little single square. Well, see, you didn't really explain that part so well. So for those of you who haven't seen the game, you do have like literally a nine by nine grid mm-hmm. of squares in front of you. Yeah. And then these patches, they're all very Tetris shaped pieces, only more so like not just the four Tetris or five Tetris shapes or whatever it is. You've got those plus you've got little wonky ones and then you have to place them so that they're not overlapping. Um, and then at, once you actually declare the end of the game, any patches or any spaces that were not covered, mm-hmm. uh, those count against you. Yeah. So. <clears throat> well, this, I mean, in this, in this game, you're, you're, you've got like this time track and you surround that time track with every patch you've got. And they're all sorts of wonky shapes. Yeah. So this isn't like when we say Tetris, it's Tetris-like. But none of these are conventional Tetris I pieces. I said Tetris-like. Well, some of them are conventional Tetris pieces. I think there's probably five of them. I think there's a stick. <laughs> you definitely got the and stick. And there's a square. And there's a square. Yes. And then there's the... The little zigzag. There is a zigzag. They have one of those. Uh-huh. And then there's the little L-shaped one. Then there's the wonka dilly hoo hoo Right. <laughs> <laughs> the wang tang a lang ding <laughs> Well, do they have specific ge- geom- geometrical names? I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, if you know the answer to this, write us because we're curious now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, <clears throat> this this. Uh, so you basically play back and forth, either buying patches or collecting buttons, and you know, going down this little time track based off of what you do. And it's actually, I thought, really the the how it sort of synergizes between your actions and that time track, I thought was really cool, actually. Yeah. Because uh, you you can take this action that gets you lots of buttons, but then you're going to move too far down the time track or whatever. You're going to waste all this space, and, you know, you're trying to kind of balance it out. And on top of it, that whole thing about you only have – there's like – when on that circle of patches that go around that center thing, you actually have a little marker that shows where – your current selections start, and you only get to pick the next three. Right. And so at the, you, at the initial setup, you literally take and randomize all the the patches and put them around the board in a yeah. circle, in, a, in an actual circle. And yeah. then you've got one pawn that marks the start space, basically. Mm-hmm. The three patches in front of that are your options. Yeah. You can choose from any of those three. And then yeah. the, the whichever one you choose, that's where the pawn goes next. Mm-hmm. And then it keeps going that way. So, you, I mean, it's random every single time you play. Which is always good. Yeah. And it, it gives you kind of an equal shot because, you know, if some, sometimes you'll get like three patches in a row that are way too expensive for either of you to take. Yeah. And so you both have to keep skipping until you've earned enough buttons to be able to pay for any of them, which you and I didn't have that. But Angela and I got to play this together at lunch, too. Yeah. And uh, we had that happen twice where neither of us could afford the, the next uh, piece. Yeah, so I mean, you got that. That that's kind of restricting what you can do every time. You can't just buy whichever patch you want, right? And that's what makes it kind of cool too. Is there's this this whole strategic element where you're trying to, you know, bide your time, but you can't bide too much time. And sometimes you're taking, and of course, the really awkward. Some of these patches, when you put them on your board, provide you with buttons when you pass a certain marker line on this time track as well. Uh-huh. You'll just get paid all the buttons that you get paid off of your board. And, of course, the most wonky pieces give you the most buttons. Right. You know, the biggest, most obnoxious pieces to try to fill in around are, are the best for, for profiting. You know? Yeah, but they're the worst for trying to make sure that your board's entirely covered. Right. And it kind of has like one of those, <clears throat> it's almost like, it almost feels like a negative scoring kind of 
at the end yeah. because you've got you're, you're you're mostly counting you know you're, you you count up all your points and stuff all the spaces you fill but it's honestly you're you're negative on every space you don't fill yeah you know was there anything else to the scoring other than that you're just trying there to was it. well there was also a bonus that you could get like mm-hmm. i said it, it's, it's a nine by nine uh that's grid right. of squares. Mm-hmm. If you can fill up a seven by seven portion of it, have it completely one hundred percent filled in that square, then you get a bonus token that gives you seven extra buttons towards the end of the game. You now, in my in my experience with the game, that's pretty optimistic to try to get, get that. I got it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, how many times have you gotten it? I got it twice. Did you? Yeah. Well, you're, once with Angela. Okay, you're some sort Maybe. of patchwork savant. Well, I know I like Tetris a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh, patchwork, and it's uh, it's, it's mid good. price, like twenty five dollar game. Yeah. Well, right but now it's... though, um, I know Angela's trying to get a hold of a copy of it because she really enjoyed it. She wanted to be able to play it with yeah. her mom, and she can't find it right now except on Amazon for like forty bucks. Don't spend 40 on it. It's a 25 It's, it's going to come back, I'm sure. I hope. Yeah. I would really hope that this comes back. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's Patchwork. And, I mean, I, I highly recommend it. It's a yeah. really good one. For a yeah. two-player for game, two player, it's, it's looking, definitely up there with, like, Lost Cities or something like that, you know? Yeah. If you're looking for just a nice two-player, quick lunchtime, you know, easy to explain, easy to learn. Uh, it doesn't have, yet, it's not take that either, you know? No, it's, it's, but it's very... Uh, it makes you think enough, mm-hmm. but then there's a little bit of luck with how the patches lay out on yeah. the initial setup. So, I mean, it's it's a really good game, really solid. Cool. All right. Uh, next thing we got to play is we went to a board game night out at Tabletop, <laughs> and we got to play with Daniel out there, Mad Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Right. And <clears throat> this is one I'd kind of written off as, as we don't need to play because it's the same designer, same publisher, and same basic idea as Suburbia. Is it the same designer too? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes, everything everything's the same. It's just let's take suburbia, maybe maybe nerf it just a little bit, you know, make it a little easier, uh-huh. and then then give it some like a little bit additional like look or theme, you know. Yeah. And and that's kind of what it was, <clears throat> as far as I know. And uh, I'd kind of written it off, and I I tried it out there. We got we got a chance to play it. I was really glad that we got to play it too. Because Me too. Me too. I've been wanting it. Uh, one thing I noticed about it now, Suburbia and Mass, you know Mad King Ludwig, they both have this sort of uh, purchase a tile from a from a market track mm-hmm. and place a tile inside of your you know indie you know your home into your little base. area of tiles yeah. and has to connect to other tiles. And you're creating in this case, you're creating a castle in Suburbia. You're creating a neighborhood or a little city, right? Right. And or a suburb <laughs> based on Sorry. where, yeah. And there's all sorts of like uh, spatial relation to these tiles. So if you place this room next to this other colored room, then you get this many points. And if you are able to close and this one, you had to close all the doors on the rooms. It seemed like to score a tile. Yeah. And so it's like, if and you some do, of them were impossible to do, yeah, if you score, if you put this here, then you get five points. But if you put it next to this type of room, you get another three points and it's, and but if you put it next to this other type of room, then you yeah. might lose points. Now, but at least you, you know, you might, you'll all have secret goals too. Yeah. And maybe it'll help you achieve one of your secret goals, which is more points than what you would yeah, have lost. Which is the so. same as Suburbia too. Yeah, exactly. You get suburbia to draw the, little secret tiles at the, at, or in Suburbia you draw secret tiles. And this one you draw secret cards. Yeah. And they tell you, oh, you want to have the most red rooms or something, you know. Right. Or I had, 
you want to have one of each and every type of yeah. room, which was a joy. Yeah. Now, this this place almost identical to suburbia, and eventually you end up with this castle. And I, I'm not going to say the castle looks that cool. It doesn't really look. <laughs> I thought the castle was kind of fun. I, I thought it looked. I mean, I've heard okay. people say. You've got to see the castle at the end of the game. It, it looks so cool. You create this own little fantasy castle, and it's so neat. And, I, and I'm and i sitting here looking at my castle, and it's just a mess. Yeah, I expected, <laughs> it's, you know, it's more not cool from at that. All. But... It's just a mess of rooms and ridiculous. Well, yours was just a mess of rooms. Mine looks semi-cool. Yours was like a... I, I, you, you did yours like almost in a square. You didn't have any sufficient. kind of... Yeah, okay. I, I did it off the Disney World spoke design. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> the, uh, no, so, yeah, you know, one thing I noticed about this, one difference I noticed, there's two differences that I noticed between this and Suburbia. Uh-huh. One is Suburbia has a lot more global effects. And by that, yes. I mean when you play certain tiles in Suburbia, if someone else plays a tile of a type that that, that you know, goes with that effect... You can get, you know, money or whatever. Like every time somebody else plays it or anyone plays a green tile, you get two bucks. Right. And so then there becomes this, this thing where, where people are actually worried about whether you've got something for real or not. And this one, you are worried because there are like these face up, you know, uh, bonuses for the end of the game that say whoever has the most green tiles, whoever has the most space or whatever, you know, they have uh-huh. they have these little bonuses that everyone knows about at the start. But in this case, you would have, like, those little types of things that can happen during it where you can say, ooh, I can play this room or this tile in, in Suburbia and say, I'll be able to get a dollar every time you try to grow like that. And one of our bonuses is that, you know, and you get this little extra level of strategy that just didn't seem like it was quite there in yeah, I didn't, the castles. Yeah, I agree with that. <clears throat> the other thing I thought was – this is something I, that's very positive – is I really liked how the market l- was in this game. because. Okay. The market in this game, you uh, you you have like a first player, and the first player gets to take all the all the rooms that are up for grabs and mix them up however they want. And you can look around the table and go, "You really want this room, and you're in the lead." And I can pretty much tell because you've got all these bonuses in the center table filled up more than anyone else. So I'm going to take the room you need and make it the most expensive. And then you go to the next guy and say, you're in last place, so I don't care if yours isn't so expensive and you're, you know. And, you, and right. during the game, you can kind of control this flow of points, and it kind of keeps the game tight over the course of it. Yeah, I agree. I really <laughs> liked that that aspect. But the, but the catch is, when you're the first player who gets to mix up all these tiles, you don't get to buy first. You buy last. Right. So you, if you, want, you may be able to put the, the room you want right at the front of the track, but guess what? You don't get to buy that because somebody else is going to buy it. Right. You know? <laughs> and a lot of times I felt like, uh, and, and the thing is, is, everybody pays you in this game. In, in suburbia, every- yeah, everybody <laughs> plays the first player except the first player themselves. When they go to make their yeah. purchase, it goes to the bank. Right. So that's how you earn your money is yeah. by what other people. Right. And in suburbia, everybody pays the bank. But in this game, they pay you. So making making it enticing but not completely out of their price range is important because that's how you make your money. Yeah. You make your money by by making people overpay a little bit, you yeah. know, almost to w- over what they can afford. And and I, I thought that was actually the the absolutely coolest part of this game. Yeah. Was was that that that's that's the strategy part of this game to me. Well, and I think I think ultimately the what would make me choose what wouldn't make you choose one over the other or would you just automatically choose Suburbia over Ludwig Lud, Ludwig Lud, Lud, I think I would. I, I would automatically. 
Really? I think it's a better game. Okay. Here's what would make me decide otherwise. Yeah. If you only ever have two people to play with, yeah. I would not buy Mad King. Lud- Ludwig. I can't say it. Ludwig. Ludwig, whatever. <laughs> I, I would choose uh, Suburbia if you, yeah. if you only ever have two people. If you okay. only ever have four people, yeah. I might go with Mad King. Huh. Because, I don't know, I like that... <clears throat> that that initial mechanism that uh, that you were talking about with the money, with yeah. the uh, the first player being able to pick which properties and mix them up and all of that, I think that's really great. But if you only have two people, that's going to really suck. It's hmm. not gonna it's not gonna be that much fun. So I think that would be my determining factor. If I had more people, I'd I'd pick Mad King Ludwig. It might play less, better I would in a play crowd. Suburbia. I think I think it'd be easier to get Mad King to the table than Suburbia would because people look at Suburbia. I'm telling you. It is not flashy looking. It's not flashy looking, and it's and there's a lot of reading on each of the tiles, and yeah. there's a lot of keeping track because, like you said, not only are you keeping track of your own player area, yeah. but you have to keep track of everybody else's as well. I mean, that keeps everybody engaged, and that's really good. Yeah. But if you if you have a little more casual gamer that's not wanting that much thought put into it mm-hmm. than Castle of Mad King Lud... Lud- I'm just going to quit saying it. Ludwig. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to say the king. <laughs> the Elvis game. No. Um. Then, anyhow, I don't remember where I was going. Go ahead. Well, like I said, uh, <clears throat> if you want a more deep strategic experience, you're going to find it in suburbia. You just are. That's a fact. If you want something that, that has a little more crowd appeal... But still gives you quite a bit of that in a really, really cool market mechanism. Yeah. Then go ahead and, and do the castles. Yeah. So. And if you have money to burn, go ahead and get both. So, I mean, honestly, if you don't have suburbia and you you don't want, I mean. You don't want it as thinky. You don't want it as, you want something a little more fash, flashy and pretty. Yeah. Go with the king. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so the another one we got Huzzah. played. This is, this is a really cool one. <laughs> We played a game called Tides of Time. Yes. Right? Yes. This is by, uh, isn't this, like, I think Portal Games did this? I think so. Isn't it, isn't it the same designer? Or so, No, maybe it's not the same designer as uh, Robinson. It's not him. It's not? It's just his company. Thought, Portal Games his, is his oh, company. Okay. okay. His company. Anyway, it's from Portal Games, and uh, I, th- I think it's like 18 cards. I don't know. It's not very many. It's another one of these small games, though. But it's like it's it's got that kind of love letter. Cards. I was taught if you count cards, that's cheating. No, let's go ahead. I cheat all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it's 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 another one of these micro game kind of things where you open up a box and you're looking and you're like, wow, I got just a few oversized cards here. This is yeah. going to be a game here, and this is surprisingly deep. Yeah. <clears throat> You've got these these location cards, and each one of them has some sort of uh, scoring effect based on, you know, who has, you know, if you play this card, then whoever has this, if you have this many cards as opposed to... (laughs) You just lost me, too. And if you have cards, then you get points. If you don't have cards, you get no points. Uh Well, you've got, like, different symbols and stuff and different identifiers on these cards, and some of them will say, like... Yeah, there's, like, five different symbols on on any of the cards. Like, each one will have one of five symbols. And then when you play a card, it is going to earn you points based on how those symbols have been played. Right. And I think, don't you only play like five, ter- I think you play five cards in one turn. And you only play three rounds. Right. Yeah. So you play, you play a round and then you score the round. And then you get to keep yeah. one of your cards in play that's going to give you points based right. on 
the symbols, mm-hmm. um, and then the rest of them are going to get randomized again. Mm-hmm. And you'll play your five more cards. Right. And then you do it, you, you, just, you just do that times three, but it, like I said, it, it kind of, the tides of time thing, the way the theme works is that it keeps bringing back in these locations that you were in before. Right. And... <clears throat> I mean, yeah, okay. I, I, was, I didn't get that part. Theme's a little weak. Oh man, you didn't. I wasn't even paying attention to that. <laughs> I was trying to figure out the symbols. These locations are kind of are kind of outrageous. They're 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 just ridiculous. They're pretty, but the, but the painting and the artworks and stuff in the background is really nice. Oh, it's gorgeous. They're gorgeous. <clears throat> now, you draft. You do draft every turn. Yes. So you get a hand of cards and you pick one, and then you give them to the other person. They pick one, and so you're kind of trying to draft cards away that would be supported by the cards you had in your hand so it's really it's it's kind of a fun draft for just two players normally yeah. norm because because you're like okay i need i'd like this card but it's kind of floating out there by itself but this one goes with that one so maybe i should take this one because that one doesn't go with this one in reverse you know <laughs> <laughs> there's all sorts of thinky stuff that goes on and that's yeah. why i'm saying it's surprisingly so deep few cards I, yeah. it's really deep for that but and it's it, still <laughs> it's not hard though either yeah. it's real easy to pick up yeah like once you get past that first round you're in that's it you got it yeah but it, it's like 20 minutes of of pretty you know I, i'm i'm just gonna say it's it's pretty you know thinky for about 20 minutes and then yeah. you're, then you're done then with you're this good. game you score yeah. and finish and fred wins <laughs> It's it's not expensive at all either, and I would say that that this hey, is. A, can, can we go back a half a second? I just also want, here we well, go. I'm sorry. Here I also wanted go. to point out on on Mad King. I, I want that game. I want a game. Woo-hoo! Oh go me God. with four players. Just and so you know, I came I, from behind, and I finished in third place once again, dispelling the myth that I win every time. You, you let me win. I think. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Anyhow, back to tides of time where you actually won. So go ahead. Did I win? Yeah, you did. Of course, you, I won. You stomped me. You didn't just win. You crushed me. Oh, I love that. That's my favorite kind of win. I know. It was bad. <laughs> when I but it break was still your fun. Bones under my boots. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I know we're not saying much about it as far as like theme because there's just not much theme there. But the game itself is this is, is a two player draft that happens really quick. You play three rounds, you retain a card every turn, and you can build all sorts of little strategies on which cards you're retaining to, you know, sort of support each other. And it's it's a it's a really good game. Yeah, it's really fun. I yeah. liked it a lot. Like I can highly recommend this for two player games. It's Absolutely. it's right up there with Patchwork. Both those games are solid two player games. Absolutely. Um so we did get one more game in. Yes. And we did a game. This is this is another uh it's a card game and it's short. It's called Dead Man's Draw. Yes. <clears throat> now Dead Man's Draw is not brand new, but it came out I think last year sometime. And it uh it's a pretty pretty cool little set collecting game, little push your luck kind of set collecting game kind of yeah. thing. But you're you're just kind of trying to collect whatever the highest number is of whatever set, and then have it displayed in front of you. So you got a deck of cards with all these different types of symbols in 10 it. Ten different suits, basically. Ten suits, yeah. And they're you explain all. It. You got it. <laughs> oh man, I hate when I explain things. I screw them up. <laughs> um, but they're, it's all like piratey, you know, watery. <laughs> Suits, oh, mermaids, and krakens, and pirate chests, and keys, and all of that. Right. Each one, each each suit has cards listed yeah. from number two all the way up to number nine. No, take that back. Is it nine? It's seven. 
I can't remember. Anyhow, let's say two to seven because I can't remember for sure. <laughs> then you've got the mermaids. The mermaids are four to nine or they're two above whatever the other ones are. So there's like, there's a whole <laughs> different game you can play with the mermaids that I don't, I don't, we have not gotten into. And yeah. it's explained a little <clears throat> wonky in the book. Yeah. And that kind of threw us off at one point anyway. But anyhow, so you have, you're going to draw a card and play it into the tableau. Well, based on what its suit is, there's going to be a, an effect that immediately happens. Yeah, and you're creating so, this tableau with each card you play in, right. which is just like a line of cards. That's all a tableau really is. That's what I said. In in anyway, so if you get a kraken, yeah, then you immediately have to play two more cards. Both of those cards have to have their effect played as well. So right. now you're already kind of having to push your luck. If if any of the cards that come out later are another Kraken, yeah. you bust. You don't get any of those cards. You want to collect the cards. You want to immediately before it busts go, ah, okay, I'm going to stop. And then you get yeah. all of those cards and can put them in front of you into your player area. You get the value of the highest card of each suit. And everybody else is trying to do the same thing. Right. Some of the cards, like the the sword, if you get that one, then any of the cards already on the table, you get whether you bust or not. The yeah. ones after that, you don't. So you can keep pushing your luck knowing, okay, well, there was a kraken, there was a mermaid, there was a pirate chest, and then I got a sword. So I know I'm at least getting the kraken, pirate, sh- pirate chest, and the mermaid. Uh-huh. And I may get more, so I'll keep going. So then you get a key, and then you get... Uh, whatever, something else, a hat, I don't even know. And then you get another sword, and you lose everything from the sword to the sword, but those first three cards you still get. Right. So, And they all have effects like that. Right. And and <laughs> I would classify this as a sort of a warm-up game. Sure. I wouldn't or pull in this, between. <laughs> this would never be a, like a feature kind of game. No, I don't, you know, it's, well, no, I don't think any quick little 20-minute or less game should ever probably be your feature. What did you Unless think? Unless that's uh, all you do is just those types of games. Now we played it with just the two of us, and we also played it with four. Yes. And and what did you what did you think? What was better? Well, I thought it was better with four. Yeah. But I didn't dislike it with two. Hmm. I just had to kind of keep in mind when you're playing two players, there are mean things you can do to one another too. Yeah, I mean, you are picking on each other once you get down to a two player game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because there's there's each of you gets a uh, like a character card too that you can play with. Yeah. And your character, you'll well actually you start getting two character cards and then you pick one. Well, right. if you pick one that's going to be mean, then guess what? Your whole game is going to be mean. So be prepared if the person you're playing with doesn't like for you to be mean to them and yeah. is going to cry about it, Fred. Then oh. <laughs> then you might not want to pick that one <laughs> just to make the game a little less mean. <laughs> can't believe you hurt There's, my feelings like that again. <laughs> <laughs> There's also one of the characters, maybe more than one, but when we played four players, Matt picked one that he couldn't find the definition of what that character card was supposed to do. Right, that was awkward. It was because it was a mermaid yeah. effect. So it only worked if you were playing the special mermaid rules, which, like I said, we've not played yet. Yeah. So that kind of put a sour note on it because Matt had never played, and so he couldn't figure out why... He didn't know what his special ability was. Yeah, there was a pass was. the book bonanza rather than yeah, and it, that kind of made him go, uh, "I don't like this game," because he does that. Matt. I'm not going to say Dead Man's Draw Matt. is amazing. That's not okay. what I'm going to say at all. It's okay. It's fun, but it was cheap too, wasn't it? Uh, I think I it, was it was like, like 15. fifteen. Yeah, it's it's not bad. 
For 15. You know, it's funny. It's made by Mayday Games, too. And Mayday Games, like every time I look at their logo, I always think about card sleeves. Why? Because don't they make don't they make those card sleeves? I don't know. I don't know. I'm probably completely I, I would, off. I am not the one to ask on that because I really don't sleeve things most Neither of the time. Do I. I think they get those plasticky bits that just get in the way, and then my cards slide. All right, and different topic, they won't, lady. They won't stack. <laughs> Back on topic. Okay, sorry. Anyhow, Dead Man's Draw. Dead I Man's Draw. It. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's really chaotic. You, really, really lucky. Really pretty. Whether cards. you're going to uh, win or not, a pirate theme that's that's somewhat there. I mean, you kind of you got. Pi- you I know. felt more piratey than I felt time travelly. I guarantee that that's true. Time, so <laughs> I guarantee that's true. Not much, uh, really. There's not much strategy. This this is just a push your luck game. There's, you're getting really, really. There's lucky a little a bit lot. of strategy because at some point you can decide who you're going to attack. Yeah, you know. Or well, that's you just basically like who's from, obviously in the lead because all your card stacks are played face up. It's not who's obviously in the lead. It's. Who do you hate the most? Exactly. Like <laughs> no, actually, it was Matt on that one, too. Oh, you were attacking Matt? I like to attack Matt. Yeah, I know. Well, that's all the games we got to the table this week. Uh, <clears throat> we're, of course, going to play more coming up. But uh, let's uh, let's check in with something that we didn't check in with last time. Sorry. We have a five for five update. Whoa. All right. All right. Let's go through it again and make sure we got it. Count us off, Bill. One, two, three, four. This is a five for five update. All right, so we got a game to the table. We got a few acres of snow. Uh-huh. Now, obviously, this is another one I have to start like this. Because we say we're going to play five games five times. And sometimes <laughs> those games just are not fun enough to play five times. We we tried. Now... We really, really, really tried. Now, I'm not going to say that few acres of snow isn't a, a decent game. I'm sure it is. But not for us. It's just not a decent game for me. No. Here's it's, the honest truth. We played our first game of it. Yeah. And we hated it. <laughs> right. And then we went on vacation. And then we came back for two whole weeks before we finally made ourselves play another yeah. game of it and we were like we have to do this we have to at least play a couple more games yeah let's do this and we sat down and we played one more game and it's it's because that we <clears throat> when we do this 5 for 5 thing if we get to a game that we're not enjoying it like drastically curbs how much we want to play board games because we have this promise that we'll play a 5 for 5 game before we play another game and so all of a sudden we just start going, eh, let's just watch TV instead. Yeah. <laughs> because this is what the truth is, is that A Few Acres of Snow is really methodical and paced out and slow. And it takes a long time for us to actually play the game and beat it. And you're just scraping by inches. And there's not much action. There's not any excitement. You're just sort of like... It wasn't even how slow it was for me that made me not like it. I just was... I I don't mind if a game takes a long time, but it's just it was so boring in between. Okay, let's let's explain how you play the game real quick. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. (laughs) A few acres of snow has... It's it's space... The the theme of it is conflicts in the northeast between... 
the French and the British. Yeah. And you've got, you start the game up and it really sets up fast. That's probably the nicest thing oh, I yeah. can say so about it. Super fast. Is that you've got your little starting deck of cards. They're, they're, they have similar backs to all the other cards you're going to get in the game. No cards are ever drawn randomly. They're purchased, you know, face up. And you get your little starter deck that has a different colored border on the face, but the back is the same. And then you can separate them out really quick. And you got a red deck of cards and you got a blue deck of cards. The blue is the French. Red is the British. I and then you get that backwards. I don't know why. Because you're crazy. And <laughs> so then you've, on the, you've got this map in front of you, and it has a whole bunch of cities that were in that area at the time. And you have uh, little cubes and discs that you place all over these. And it just tells you, place a cube here, place a cube here, place it a disc here. It shows you the picture. You don't even have to read the book. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all on the map If there's the a little already. circle, with a, if it's a little red circle, you put a little red disc. If it's a little red cube, very square, you put a little red cube. Right. And... You start the game with, you know, a certain number of these cities or towns under your control. And you have a, a deck of cards that sort of uh, give you symbols and, and effects. And on your turn, you can use them as their symbol or you can use them for their effect. And you can do two actions per turn. Right. And so there's this weird kind of movement in it where you have to combine cards. Because ultimately what you're trying to do is either score the most points at the end of the game which the game can end purely by running out of either discs or cubes, which right. cubes are towns or settlements. And that's right. Settlements are cubes and towns are discs. Right. Right. And then you can. If you run out of one of those types, either because someone stole those those components from you by by ambushing by you ambushing or whatever. Or raiding your, your territory. Or, or by just settling and placing them on the map. If you run out those, run out one of those resources, the game ends immediately and you score your points. The if other somebody, way you can do it is... Well, there's if, another way, too. I'm giving it right okay, now. Okay, go ahead. Uh, if you invade or you successfully take over either Quebec or Boston... Or Albany. Or is it Albany? I or? think it's Albany. Yeah. <clears throat> Albany. Which really? Albany, Albany and Boston are controlled by the British and Quebec is, is controlled by the French. Sure. And so if you're able to actually history, successfully so. am, like uh, bombard that town or siege that town and take it over, then you actually end the game and win the game. Right. So you do, that, that but throws there's another points, way. That throws points out the window at that point. Right. So what's this other way? If you successfully raid the <laughs> opponent's town and it managed to get 12 <clears throat> points worth of their uh, cubes, right. then that ends the game. Ha ha. Right. So, it was another way, but then that just goes right back to having to count points again. Right. So you got this, you've got this, you know, board set up and you start kind of playing these cards. Now, when you move, it has this really strange move system of you have to play a card down that shows like whatever type of traveling uh, method you would use. Well, first you have to pick the town. So I'm going to go to. Well, no, you have. To, okay. So let me just go into this. Okay. <laughs> Please, I'll shut up. Please. Because okay. there's three there's there's two to three aspects just to settle an empty area. Yes. You have to have a ship card or a wagon or a boat. Right. That's one of the things that I was explaining before. Okay. The other thing is you have to have a connecting property that that lists like a property will say like Quebec City or Quebec, and then it'll say underneath it like five locations that you can access from that spot. And it'll have a symbol of what you need to travel there next to it. So you have to have the connecting city card. 
You have to have the mode of transportation on another card. And then if the spot, the spot could potentially have a little picture of a settler on it on the map. And then you have to play a third card that shows that settler on it in order to place a cube in a spot with no one in it. Right. And that's that's the simple version of expanding your territories. Now, when you expand into a territory, there's a little more to it than that because when you get when you get that territory, you actually add the locations card because now you can expand from there into your deck because this is somewhat of a deck building game. Yeah. And when you take over certain properties, they give you a card that has, you know, that might just bloat your deck. You know, it may just be a card that you don't even want in your deck. But now you have it. And now it's going to come out when you draw your cards up on the next turn or whatever, and you're going to be like, great, I got Stinky Cheese City, you know? <laughs> but Fromage. No. Oh, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, so, so you're kind of, there, there's like a, there's a balance there that you're kind of looking at, like, I really need this property to keep expanding, but at the same is it time. just going to ruin my deck? Well, yeah, but that's why they had those governor cards. You could buy a governor card, which would allow you, once he finally comes into your hand, yeah. you could play him to call your deck. But, so, like I said, you do sense. need those expansion cards. Right. Because that that will that, that dud card will still let you access some places that you couldn't go to normally. Right. So, some of these, some of these properties you take over have victory points next to them. Right. And if you have a cube in that area, you'll get those victory points if you... Upgrade it. You can upgrade by playing to have the disc. Playing another settler card and that property card. You can upgrade to a disc, which then doubles the points that it, on the property it's sitting next to. Right. And so <clears throat> you're kind of just methodically going through this. And obviously, obviously, there is a uh, <clears throat> an expand to a place where you can where someone else is, and you start a siege, which is sort of a clunky. The fighting system I thought was really clunky in this. Because if you if oh. you play if you play the connecting location and let's just say a ship and then you play a card with a little military symbol on it, then you attack a property. Right. And when you go there, you you take your attack card, you put it down in the siege stack, and then you start like adjusting this little siege meter where if you ever are two points ahead of the other person at the beginning of your turn, you win the siege. And all you're doing is playing these military-symboled cards on your turn to try to keep that balance from going too far one way or the other on this little zero in the middle and then one, two, three, four, five on each side kind right. of thing. And I just don't know. It, that that part of the game did not thrill me at all. No, it bored me. I was like, and when you're looking at the board, <laughs> when you're reading the instructions, it seems like that's going to be like a big part of winning is doing these wars doing yeah. these little sieges but yeah eh. but it just it, it just, it just kind of felt flat for me yeah well here's the other thing you were talking about on those <coughs> when you're trying to go to the new towns and expand the, into the new towns yeah you're supposed to take that card into your hand how many times in a row did both of us completely forget to take the stupid card into That's your our hand? Fault. You need to do it in order. I know it, but still, it's just one of those things. It happens so often, it just makes it feel like it's yeah. a poor mechanic because, I don't know, there should be something, some extra reminder? I don't know. I don't know how to make that better, but it just, half the, you know, three turns later, we both go, okay, let's do a card check. Okay, yeah. I'm missing this town. I'm missing that town. I'm missing this town. Okay, let's keep going. Yeah. And we just throw those in our discard pile. Right. You know, which, like you said, yes, that's our fault, but <laughs> still, it just felt clunky. It just, I don't know. It just made a long game longer. And 
I don't know. I don't know. It's it's one of these games. It's sort of a it's a war game, but it's I would say it's less of a war game and more of just an occupy game. Yeah. And it just I needed more of the war part <sighs> of it, I think. Like I kept feeling like like the siege was going to be a a constant battle going on, you know, we'd constantly be doing that. Yeah. But you could go through an entire game and not do it a single time if you wanted right. to and right. still win now, the game. The game starts off with your two decks and the French are they are different. That's it's not a symmetrical beginning, you, right. you know. You you uh well, the French different towns. The French don't generate money very well just on their own I did and they mine. don't do sea travel very well. No. But they do boat travel, like up rivers and streams and stuff. <laughs> and they have trappers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you have trappers and stuff like that that you have on the on the French and furs, you know, furriers and stuff. Yeah. And you, you trade furs off cards. I'm telling you, if anybody <laughs> remembers the old Kids in the Hall show that was on HBO <laughs> back a long time ago, yeah. they had like a skit <laughs> with the, the two little French guys in the canoe going to the office and banging the uh, yeah. the business guys on the head and stealing their business suits. But that I, I kept thinking of that the whole time we were playing, that right. I was playing the French. I kept going through my head. Anyway, kind of funny. Well, if you've not seen it, check it out. Yeah. But oh, the overall, um, we only played this game twice. And the first game ended with us just mad. And I, and I won with a stupid French uh, it, oh, tiebreaker. It was a tiebreaker. It was... Yeah. And then... The and second Fred, Fred got so angry, he threw his cards at me. Now, full disclosure, well, at the table. full disclosure, we are going to a <laughs> like a wake, and we were like already past when the wake started and hadn't even changed clothes yet. We had changed clothes, and <clears throat> no, I had not. Oh, and and I was I we're sitting at the table, and it's this is a ninety minute game that has now gone three hours, and. I, I make the mistake of telling her what card I'm taking out of the discard pile, which is information I didn't have to give, which she immediately counters the move I'm going to make that would end the game right then and there. I was trying not to lose. I know, but it was it was just like, it's just one of those moments where I threw the cards down and was just like, what are you doing? We're trying to end the game. <laughs> <laughs> now, in all fairness, there was a window of time for us to be there. It was any time between yeah. six and eight we're five minutes away, literally five minutes yeah. away, and you you said that you wanted to be there like right at the beginning, which I thought was a silly idea, but I didn't want to tell you that, so yeah. I just made us play the game a little bit longer so we didn't have to be there right at the beginning, and it turned out to be perfect timing. Yeah. Thank you, Nicole. Well, You can see so, the future <laughs> and know how things are going to turn out. All right, so back to what I was saying. <laughs> okay. Um, we only played it twice. Yeah. And the first game, I was just mad at the end of it. I I won, and I didn't like this game. Okay? Just to put it just right out there. I was still pissed that I played this game. Then (laughs) we we played it again, again just because we had to. We felt compelled to do this one more time, even though Ninja the Scorpion Clan, we only played one time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but we played this again. Well, like, we have an audience now. We didn't have an audience then. <clears throat> well, we played it a second time, and I was just focused on getting this game done and close as close to, like, you know, a 90-minute to two-hour deadline as I could. Yeah. And we played it for about 75 minutes, and I was able to finish the game at that point and lose 
dramatically to the French, and I just didn't care. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> this game Yeah, is... that's also pretty sad when you're like, I can see you're going to win. Here, I'm just going to end the game. Oh, I, never, I know. That should never be a mechanic that's allowed in any game. <laughs> that That's a game breaker to me right there. Yeah. I hate that. Well, I'm going to say this game is kind of stale. I can see where some people would absolutely adore this game. It is not for me at uh, all. It is. It's two players only. Yes. I definitely. think it overstays its welcome by at least an hour. Sure. I mean, if, it was, if this was a solid 60 Even minute game. Even when we game, only played it for 75 minutes. <laughs> if, I'm telling you at that point, I was like, this is going on 15 minutes too long. Oh my goodness. <laughs> if this was one hour, I wouldn't mind the experience. I, yeah. I could tolerate it, but it's just three hour slog fest is just not my bag. You I know? like the concept of it though. I mean, it's a deck builder where you have a board in front of you and yeah. the cards that you play affect the board. I thought that was really cool yeah. and fun. I was really excited about it when we started playing it. Even. <clears throat> well, but, I think this also has an exceptionally bland look. Yeah. I it is so bland. Well, it's a few acres of snow. Snow's pretty bland. Oh, if you looked outside I'm when it's saying. snowing. It's not fun to look at at all, and I I will put I'll put this out there because it's notorious also for having a a broken strategy supposedly. Yeah, and I won't even go into what the strategy is. It's it's we didn't do it. We didn't we didn't really look that up or try to do that. We at didn't all. want to ruin the game any worse. <clears throat> they, and, and it's it is described as one of those things where eventually the player on this side will just start doing that because they'll try it once and find out that it works almost every time. But I, I don't think I, I mean I've actually actually read like a lot of threads and I never saw that to be absolutely fact. A lot of people just said no, that's it works some of the time or more often than not. And Martin Wallace, the designer of this game, actually actually says something about that in the back of the book. You know, because this is not a first edition; it's a second edition. Yeah, in the back of the book, he actually says it's come to my attention that it's not balanced, and I totally agree that it's not balanced, and there's nothing I can do to fix this. Play it or don't. It's kind of what he says yeah. in, in a full page. <clears throat> so that's a few acres of snow. I, I mean, honestly, for my tastes, I cannot recommend this. It's Here's what I'll say about it. I'm glad that we're, I got this like for half price. Let's put it that way. Well, I feel like we're letting letting down our listeners by not playing it three more times. But I'll tell you what, the only way that I'm going to play this three more times is if any one of you out there listening wants to pay us, what, 50 bucks a play? Each, maybe? I would do that. I would do that. For 50 bucks, I will oh play it one God. more time. For another 50, we'll play it again. <laughs> Give us a third 50, and we'll play the game. No. <laughs> but that's really the only way we're getting this one back to the table. Yeah, so. it's, it's immediately on the sell pile. We're not playing this And anymore. you can reach us at Post Office Box. Would <laughs> <laughs> you relax? <laughs> Just saying, man. Well, that, it was uh, rough. Yep, that only leaves one game left in our 5 for 5. It's the Battle at Kemble's Cascade. And we'll get that played, hopefully, for the next one. And now that <laughs> brings us... Depends on your work schedule. Now Look. that brings us to games that were, you know, that that aren't few acres <laughs> bad. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we played another horror game for the second of our October series, right? Yep. And because we are in October, we are doing lots of horror, right? Yes. <laughs> hopefully, we're not ostracizing half our audience. <laughs> well, let's find out what about that. All these games happen Some are fun, then some extreme We played a game like this What about that? Now, obviously, you and I love horror. Yeah. We do. We do. 
And that includes the thrill of being scared. Yes. And because of that, we also love thrill rides. Yes. And lucky for us, each October, the best theme parks combine those two ideas and make score scary horror theme parks. Which is very cool. <laughs> and they add like theme like these, you know, themes to their attractions and they add in new haunted houses and all sorts of uh, you know, additional stuff just to the price of going in. Yeah. And so we actually made it to two this year. Yeah. Cause uh we uh we mentioned on our last one that we had gone to a couple game stores in Colorado. Well then we made our way over to Salt Lake City. Utah. In in Utah. And we're able to go to Lagoon Park. Yeah. Now, Lagoon Park was uh, it's it's not a huge theme park, and it's definitely been there a while. You could tell just by some of the rides. Yeah. But I, I think it, I found the place pretty charming. I loved it. I thought it was really cute and a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, now this this place this is this has been around long enough that when you go into the back of it, there's like. 20 picnic areas that you can book. Yeah, there's all these pavilion areas. Oh, yeah. I thought we were lost. I thought we'd gotten into the employee-only area, but no, they're just open picnic areas oh, man. for people to <laughs> rent and spend the day, bring right. your own food. <laughs> right. Now, uh, we uh, we actually got in on a Friday night and got two-for-one priced tickets, which was really nice. Cause, it was really nice. Because what, what did it end up being? I can't even remember. 50 bucks. Yeah. So it's, it's like normally $50 a head, and we got in for just 50 bucks. So it's 25 bucks each. Right. Which is really, really reasonable. Oh, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I found that this park had a really manageable crowd. Yeah. I, 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 fe- I felt like we were getting on the park rides fast enough. Uh, the theme, uh, you know, came out really early, too. Because, you know, traditionally they, they these parks wait until nightfall before they really start to turn on the Halloween. Well, this yeah. park didn't even open. It was Friday, so it didn't even open until 5, the park itself. And it was like right when they opened the door, they were already doing scary stuff. Yeah. They didn't they, wait till dark. They just started going. Well, the way, so the way that they had it set up, they didn't have to wait until dark. Because mm-hmm. all their Halloween-themed things were... Uh, indoor. Yeah, all the haunted houses stuff. Yeah. Well, there was like there was like one. There was a kitty area backyard walkthrough thing. Yeah, and that it was well, it was it was really geared towards the tiny kids yeah. though, so they didn't want it to necessarily be that that <clears throat> scary. Right. And uh, I don't know. I, I mean, like I said, I like I like that it started earlier. There were pretty good rides at the park. They uh-huh. had quite a few roller coasters. They had probably the scariest wild mouse coaster I've ever ridden. I will never ride that again. <laughs> if we go back, I will never ride it again. <laughs> That just really tight zigzags right at the very top that were so tight it made you feel like the cart was going to fly off the you top really of the felt like you were going to fly off. I mean, it it like almost <laughs> kind of like leaned. It was terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. <clears throat> but they had really they had several good haunted houses there. They had like one. They, their big new one was like celebrating thirty years of horror, where they took like uh, iconic characters from horror movies in the last thirty years and put them all throughout this dark haunted house. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <clears throat> they had one that was clowns, and it had uh, Dayglo oh, paint so with good. 3D glasses, so everything kind of popped out at you. Yeah, that was uh, what was so cool about it. Because otherwise, I'm not a big. I don't. I'm not. I don't think clowns are scary. I yeah. never really have. You can make a clown scary, but you can mm-hmm. make anything scary. Right. But traditionally, clowns just aren't that scary to me. So when I saw Oh a Funhouse, I was like, Oh well, great. Yeah. It was so cool because literally that 3D just was a great effect. I mean, the, the yeah. paint on the care on the the. Uh, what are they called? People. Right. <laughs> they were all in 3D. The walls were all in 3D. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. And uh, 
I really liked I liked how all the actors seemed to interact with me. Actors, yeah, that's the other word. They they seemed to like really like play with me. They did. You know, because a lot of times you go into these haunted houses and someone just goes bah! and scares you, and you're like, eh, whatever. Yeah. And then you say something to him like, hey, what are you supposed to be? And he just walks off. You know. And he goes, mm-hmm. and that's it. <laughs> No, they never do that. But, but the uh, in this case, I was actually able to play around with people, and they were responsive. They, you know, they were, you know, that means that they're paying attention to what's going on, and right. they, they're having fun as well. Yeah. And so I, I found the park overall really a, a pretty fun place to go at yeah. Halloween time for sure. Absolutely. Uh, but we made it to one other one. We made it to our local haunt. We made it to Worlds local of Fun. Haunt <laughs> in your face. <laughs> we made it to Worlds of Fun. Now, we couldn't get any coupons for this place. I didn't really look for coupons. There were none. Your brother. Yeah, there were none. Gave us the ticket. No so coupons. That was nice of him. No Thank coops. you, Keith. Uh, but they did have late entry discounts like they normally do because we went on a Saturday, and if you go in early in the morning, it's like 50 something dollars a piece. If you go in after four on a Saturday, they gave you the price of 35 bucks each, I think. I don't know. Something like that. I didn't pay. Now, this park, Worlds of Fun, has considerably more attractions than Lagoon did, as far as haunted attractions go. Yeah. I mean, to the tune of almost double. Yes. It's a lot. It's a lot. And, uh, <clears throat> but here's the thing. We found that in Kansas City, as, as opposed to Salt Lake City, it's massively overcrowded. It was ridiculous. Now, they they open up a bunch of these featured haunts at nine o'clock instead of all like the whole time despite the fact that they are mostly dark room kind of walkthroughs yeah they could have opened quite a few they do so many though i'm wondering if they just think that the price of of paying their actors isn't worth it or something i don't know but they don't stay open later well they stayed open you know i think i think lagoon stayed open till like midnight as well did they yeah huh and and they and so we this was only it only stayed up until midnight and they started now they're staying up until one, which honestly they could have stayed up until four in the morning with the crowds that were out there we would have oh, gotten through all the crazy. stuff. Crazy, yeah. Uh, and one of the problems we ran into, which was just insane, was fast passes. Yeah. Now this is like a for people who don't go to theme parks, this is a new idea that that has kind of risen in the last ten years of I'm going to charge you more money, but you'll get on the rides faster. Yeah, and you don't have to wait through the big long line <coughs> to the to tune the... of like double the ticket price. Yes, like so. So like you're going to pay forty dollars to get in, and we'll give you a fast pass for forty more dollars. Yeah, and the fast pass line just sort of they they kind of go every other person fast pass then normal line fast pass then normal line, which means fast pass people can just practically walk on these rides half the time. Yeah. And and it's purely because well, unless are, the fast pass is getting too backed up, and then they'll they'll let a couple fast passes on, and then a regular line. Yeah, right. And uh, <clears throat> I found that the I don't know this this honestly ruined the time for us. I think so because the fast pass had just enough people coming into it that in, in essence it was doubling the length of the line that we were already waiting in. That was probably a one hour line. On more every one that. of these. It was more than an hour. It was an hour on the one we actually got into for the Chamber of Horrors. Yeah. It was an it was just over an hour wait on that one. 
There was another one. Their newest attraction was like a Blood on the Bayou, yeah. which looked kind of goofy, but whatever. We waited for an hour in that line before we got to the halfway point and had somebody come out and say, not worth it. They're, we still haven't even made it halfway past this part, and we've been waiting for two hours already. Yeah. And they didn't even go through it. They said, forget it, and came out. Yeah. Like, came out through the line. It just... Wow. It was unbelievable. It was not good. Busy. Yeah. And I don't know if that's Kansas City because it's gotten such a good reputation for being such a good haunted house scare fest or if it's Cedar know. Point or Cedar Fair, Cedar Fair, because all of the Cedar Fair properties do the same thing because yeah. Knott's Berry Farm, they're a Cedar Fair and they have Knott's Scary Farm, which was for many years, you know, reputed to be like the best of the haunted right. house theme parks. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't know if it's just the company is doing that much to promote it or what's going on with it. So if you have Cedar Fair properties near you, let us know if you've gone to their haunted <coughs> house things and how busy was it for you? Yeah. What kind of haunts were there and stuff? Well, well, bottom line, worlds of fun haunted, haunted attractions are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. And they they're a great job and they are not accessible unless you're paying a premium period. They're just not. Yeah, absolutely. You're you're gonna walk in. You're gonna see like ten or you're gonna see ten or twelve things that you'd like to do, and you're gonna do two. Yeah. And that's all you're gonna manage unless you pay double the ticket price. I wonder if it'll get better <laughs> if we have a cold snap though, because we've gone a few years in a row. Yeah. And not had that problem, but we always seem to go on weird times. We only had that problem one time. Yeah. And it was like the weekend of Halloween or right before Halloween. Right. And it was gorgeous weather. Yeah. So that makes sense. This was like the last weekend in September. Yeah. You know? Yep. Well, that's the uh, two that we went to. Yeah. That's, that's our what about that. So let's get to our game for the week. The following is a true recount of a board gaming session. It is not merely a conversation. It contains the actual sounds of components, success and failure, and in-the-moment emotions from the incident itself. The archivists of this audio would like to remind the faint of heart that the people involved are not rules experts, did not design the game, and do not always play nice. No one was murdered in the playing of this game. Fury of Dracula is a nearly 10-year-old game that is getting a re-release this fall. It is what's called a hidden movement and a one versus mini game. Now, in this case, one player plays Dracula, who secretly moves around the European map, and players take the roles of four hunters trying to destroy the Count before he fills his vampire trap. Now, Dracula does this by either knocking out the heroes or by keeping vampire minions hidden for six turns for them to mature. Now, the turn is broken up into player turns and Dracula turns. The Dracula player decides where he wants to travel from a deck of city cards and places one face down on his movement track by sliding all the other cards that are on the track down and eventually off the sixth space. This means six turns before he can return to the same city. Also, every time Dracula moves, he leaves a little surprise trap for the hunters. Sometimes it's a minion, sometimes fog to slow them down. Players never know until they stumble into it. On a player's turn, the spender. Why are you laughing? It sounds like he's just like leaving a little dump in the road. Oh my step god! In. Outrageous. Anyhow, 
On a player's turn, the hunters, in specified order of tra- travel by foot, railroad, boat, or cities across or, or boat to cities across Europe, trying to find Dracula's trail. When a player ends their turn on a, a city that Dracula's visited, the card is revealed on the track, and the trap is encountered. Now, each turn, the players may search the space and, and discover assets or effects that help stop the count. After scrambling across Europe, the hunters may actually find Dracula and land on a city that he's in. If this happens, the hunters and the vampires fight each other. The players secretly play assets, uh, and Dracula does the same, and it, or there could be attacks, maneuvers, uh, or you know, escape cards, and they just try to outsmart each other. They then roll a die, and the highest die roll gets their effect. The highest score will win the round, and you'll damage the other player or escape from the fight. Now, the whole idea of the players is just to kill Dracula. And the sun is setting. The night is almost upon us. We must hurry through this review, for Dracula grows stronger at night. What? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture him running through. Oh, he was here. Oh, it's on my shoe. Oh, I stepped Man. in Dracula again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. Sorry, go ahead. Now, was... one thing I just... This is what's funny, is there is a very strict turn order to this and there's yes. a strict player count yes in this game you have a dracula player and four hunters no matter how you slice it it's going to be that now if two people are playing like we did i'm playing four people you're playing one right if there's two people playing they divvy up into two and two you if, mean there's, if there's three people playing three people yeah then so then two, you divvy up two hunters two hunters and one dracula right but then when you hit three then, then or sorry when you hit four people that's when it's it gets broken. awkward. Yeah. And four is like, it seems like a real easy number for me to hit. So it, it kind of made it a little awkward. But up front, you have to play these characters. But if you and, had five people, <laughs> then each person gets to play their right. own character. So ideally, this is a five-player game. Yeah. Now. Well, two, three, or five. Just th- not one or I, four. Another thing I thought was kind of weird about the setup of this game is that you play each of those heroes in their player order. Yes. There's no variating. Yeah, it's it's not like you can mix up the heroes and play them however you want. No. no. they It actually specifies in the rule book, this hunter starts, then this hunter, then this hunter, then finally this one, then Dracula's turn. Right. Which I, th- I thought was weird, but that obviously this is some sort of... it's supposed to be a balance thing. It must be that they designed one game it balances like this. We're not going to try to balance it any other way. And that just kind of threw me off right off the bat. I thought it was cool. I like that part. <clears throat> well, here's turn one for me. Okay, so it's my turn. You've placed your Dracula down. It's my turn. Yep. And I can move all my dudes. And your lady. Okay, I have to move them in order. So Godalming... uh, Godalming has the lantern, and he's way up in Great Britain area. And he moves into Liverpool. Liverpool. I don't know what that... (laughs) That was Bala. That was Lababa. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's like wrong area. That doesn't matter. All right, so he goes into there. Now, when I walk into there, I have an option. I've I've just taken the road from uh, Swansea to Liverpool, and I can... I'm not going to spend resolve, but I do have an option of resting to regain health. I don't need to. I can resupply or I can trade. Well, obviously, I can't trade. Nobody's there, and I'm not down any health, so I'm going to resupply. And when I'm in a large city, I can gain one event or one item. And I'm going to gain an item because it looks like events are a little more commonplace. So I draw off the top of my shuffled thing, and I've found a fast horse. 
I discard this to move one extra row. Discard this at the start of your movement phase. When moving by road to move one extra road, you do not encounter anything in the first city you move through. Do I reveal that to you when I have it? I don't think you're supposed to. Well, then I'm stupid. And this goes down here, it looks like. i got to move these Yeah, you don't have to bit. tell me what you have. Well, I'm unless not you're using you. it. I'm not telling you. If you're you using then. it, you have to tell me because you're doing it. Well, then you are obligated by fair play to not remember what I just said. I don't remember a word of what you just said. <laughs> Something about a horse? <laughs> nope. I didn't say anything about a horse. <laughs> <laughs> now, actually, I checked into it. Fair Play Council Statute 112 says that this beginning is ridiculous. I agree. <laughs> but this is a, a hidden information game, so honestly, I probably shouldn't be sharing anything with, with Dracula if I don't have to. Probably not. Because you're not going to share anything I'm, with me. No, I'm the enemy. I'm going <laughs> to kill you and... Right, and it's all about surprise, isn't yeah. it? surprise. <laughs> now, you take your first turn as Dracula, and I take all of my hunter's turns twice, and it goes back to you. And i got to say that on this game, when, I, when I'm listening to these clips up front, it's, it's going to sound like I'm doing a lot. But that's because your turns are sort of like silently putting a card down and putting a little chip on it after checking your little personal map. Because yeah. <clears throat> this game is cool because it is a big map on the table, but you've got your own little private map. Right. So that you, you get to reference. So you where can't, my eyes yeah. are going. Otherwise, I'd trace your looking balls and I'd figure out exactly where you're going. As, not to be confused with my hearing balls. <laughs> Weirdo. <laughs> With your ear balls. My ear balls, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that's, so your turns are really, really subdued. Yeah. <clears throat> but mine, so you're going to hear a lot of I'm taking a turn in this game. Yes. So here's back to my next turn. <laughs> what are you up to? Huh? All right. So okay. that goes there. Yes. That scoots down. I like that. I go here. Great. I get to put a new thingy. You do. Get your thingies out. And I'm going to go for that. Huzzah. Good job. Okay, so then uh, action phase. I placed an encounter. I have nothing maturing, and I refill my encounter hand. I don't do a lot. I don't either. I'm not doing much either. No, I'm just we moving around. We got to draw that one card. That was exciting. Just remember, if I land on one of your spaces, you have to reveal it. If you have to, if you land on one of the one of your hidden spaces, you have right. to reveal it. Yes, this is why there should be like a dry erase or something. Whatever. <clears throat> cool. Uh, yes. My turn again. Yes. Um. Okay. So I have to start with Lord Godalming, who's up there in, and he goes to Edinburgh. And he is going to do another item again. Hmm. Imagine that. Nah. I don't want that one. Okay. And that's the end of his turn. And it is now Dr. Seward's turn. Uh, he... What should I do with him? He goes back to Bucharest and does another item. Oh. <laughs> Budacrest. Budacrest. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Booty rest. All right, so then I got Van Helsing, who goes to Marseille. And he gets another item. Oh, I like that, too. 
fix that. Oh, this is boring. No. <laughs> well, here's something that'll excite you. I think Mina is going to do this. Uh, what? She's going to do a... Mm, do I want to do this? Yes, I do. She does a thing called hypnosis. Play this card at the beginning of any bitten hunter's turn, which she's bitten at the start of the game. Okay. Including your own. With the permission of that hunter, the hunter rolls a hunter die. Okay. Okay, so I roll this. Come on, baby. Damn it! Nothing happens. <laughs> that goes on top. It would have revealed your location right Actually, off the bat. Actually, should probably just put that off to the side. Just put it off to the on side. On a three to six, Dracula's current location and any vampires in his trail and catacombs are revealed. That's pretty awesome. And you put must declare your next move. Oh, it'll be on top. It doesn't matter. Okay. So... That's just part of her turn. I can I can do the rest of her turn. So I go to Bordeaux, and I get another uh, item card. I like that, too. Okay, and it is your turn again. Now, Hypnosis in my hand, right off the bat. This is, I think, the most powerful card that the Hunters have. Yeah. Because, and it's the kiss of death for, the, for Dracula to have this happen at the start of the game. Because don't we start during daytime? Yes. We start in the daytime, and I immediately get Hypnosis as an event card, which reveals your location, which means it's just like dogpile on Dracula. Right. If I find out. Yeah. And during the daytime, Dracula has reduced numbers of attack cards and options. Yeah, he's only got like three <laughs> yeah, attack so cards. Yeah, it's, so it's a lot easier for me to figure out what you're going to play against what I'm playing. Yeah. Now, another thing to note is that Mina Harker is, is a bitten vampire already or like half vampire and so at the start of the game like here's something i didn't note in the rules explanation is that if you're bitten twice you die automatically despite your hit points you just are are knocked out and have to be have to recover and mina has already been bitten once at the start of the game now this has a, a of course there's a you know it's a detriment that she's only can be bitten once in an attack versus the count but, well, Van Helsing has to be bitten three times. Well, she also has a bonus effect, though, So, because if a, if a normal person's bitten, they the Dracula automatically gets a plus one to their die rolls versus them in combat. Right. But Mina doesn't get that because of she's already used to it and has been living with it for a while, supposedly. Right. <clears throat> so, Which is weird. Half uh, vampire Mina takes her turn, and let's see how this goes. Mina is going to try to travel by train to Paris. She does. She goes to Paris, and she could go to Brussels if she wanted. She stays in Paris. And she does an event card at the bottom. I still haven't hit a space you've been in. This is insane. Yeah. That's mine. Oh, God. I didn't even know what it said. Don't even look at it. I can't believe you got something good. Oh, this is an immediate. Okay. Play this card on any bitten hunter. You may look at the hunter's event and item cards, and the hunter must tell you what his next move will be. <laughs> I'm going to move to Brussels. Okay. Jeez. Whoa. Okay, since it's just the two of us, I can actually ex- explain these. Here, I'll, so, be, I'll be more specific here. I'm going to move via train. To at least Brussels, if not Cologne. Okay. Well, you have a stake, you have sacred bullets, and you have a pistol. The sacred bullets and the pistol sound like they're going to go together. 
You don't have any they event don't. cards? Nope. Okay. All right. And so what, that goes into the top? I would have had a vent card if you hadn't stolen it. You What's stolen it? Vampiritic jerk. <laughs> That's what it do. I understand. Event cards in this, I, I didn't really explain that. This is a face-down deck, but it's mixed up of, of a, a card back that has a symbol in the middle of it, and it's either the hunter symbol or the Dracula symbol. Right. And you draw cards from the bottom. So you you, do, you shuffle up these cards, and you start drawing cards off the bottom. So every turn when I draw Which a card... Which Fred kept wanting to draw a card off the top. <laughs> well, because that's so natural, isn't I it? I know. But so. every time you draw one, you, you could be drawing something to hand to the count. Yeah. And it's, it's just... And it's awful. So, and I don't know how many clips you might have left in here, but if you ever hear me say, no, bottom, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. And uh, something else I should explain is when I when I had to tell her my my move, I said, I'm going to move at least to Brussels, if not Cologne or whatever I said. And I think you were supposed to just tell me flat out, this is what I'm doing. And then you're stuck with it. But here's the deal. <laughs> I wanted to move to this place, but I, I might not be able to because in this game, there's a train die. Yeah. Because trains weren't very reliable back then, I guess. They they put this die in there where you may lose your turn, you may only move one space, or you may not move any spaces but get to explore still. Right. And it gives you all those options, and you roll that die every time you roll a train. Right. Uh, or every time the, you ride a train. The Count won't take trains at all because <clears throat> the modern technology scares him or whatever. You know, no, he's, whatever. he's too cool. Oh, sure. <laughs> He's Dracula. It's a He's backlash. seen it all. I don't need a cell phone. I got a phone at home. He's Mr. <laughs> Grumpy Pants. I'm stupid kids. <laughs> all right. So uh, technologies. Choo choo. Here's the good news, Nicole. As we come back around and it's your your turn happens and I start again. I'm Here we sure go. my turn will be quick. Oh. Doctor so-and-so. Lord Lord so-and-so. Goes to Vienna. Sausages. Yep. Goes to Vienna and he gets an event card. No. Bottom. Sorry. I gotta look at this again. This was, uh, okay, yeah. I'm <laughs> gonna forget this damn card if I don't do it. Okay. From so. the bottom of the deck is not working well for you. And is, is it a mine? <laughs> I get it. I get it. I hate the vampire's card. I love the vampire's play immediately. Evasion. You may immediately make an additional move. You may use this move to go to any city on the board, not a sea zone that does not contain a hunter, regardless of distance. If you move, you may place an encounter on your oh, new location. Man, this is the worst. But by then, he was gone. This is the worst. This is awesome. No, that's the crappiest that's card great. you could draw. Where do I want to go? Oh, man. That stinks. Now I don't know. Now there's no trail. Like, all the cards you've played up to this point mean nothing now. It, like, reset your trails. You got to take five turns, and I was trying to find you, and you just got to reset everything. All because Lord Godalming is a nincompoop. Yep. Or Vienna Lettuce. sucks, whichever you want. The only thing good that came out of Vienna was the sausages. <laughs> No, they weren't good. <laughs> that was the worst thing to come out of Vienna. Yeah. Wasn't it? Their sausage is pretty gross. Oh, it's so greasy and cold. It's like Blech. little... What meat is that? I don't think it is. I think it's nose cartilage. Gross, really? <laughs> I don't know. Now, let me just point out that my card, the Hypnosis, that reveals your location is, I think, the equivalent of evasion. Uh-huh. 
which basically makes Dracula be able to pick up, you know, secretly his location and put it anywhere away from you guys that he wants. Well, this is back in the day when maybe he could still become a bat. But here's, I want to point this out. Just fly away. Your most powerful card involves no rolling at all. You can just fly away and it's no big deal. That is not fair at all. So fair. I love it. Now, for those of you playing at home, the North American Vienna sausages are made from our pork wieners, and they are finely ground into a paste considering, con- consisting of, you know, spices and salt and most notably mustard. Then they're stuffed into long cases and sometimes smoked and, and always thoroughly cooked, after which the casings are removed, as with hot dogs. The sausages are then cut into short segments for canning and further cooking. They are also available in plain in a gelatin similar to aspic, or with a variety of flavorings such as smoked chili, barbecue sauces, and still gross. They're disgusting. <laughs> it's like meat paste. It's like it's like if you took the nastiest baby food and stuck it in a can and said adults should eat this. Oh my god! It's, it's gross. Now I don't think they're actually from Vienna. I think I just kind of named that. Did it originate there? Yes. Then what, what's the difference between that and North American? The Vienna sausages are bigger. They're like hot dogs. Ew, so you get even more of that of funk? Of course, get that in your mouth. That's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> now, here's back to the game. You just basically got to press reset on the whole game at like four or five turns in. That's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, so awesome. Now, we nearly get through my next turn, and I get hip- the hypnosis card back through an event card. And, and And I also get an ally that forces you to reveal the oldest card each turn. Van Helsing goes to Cadiz. And gets oh, okay. A... Oh. Wait. <laughs> oh, my God. Boom. Hold on a second. I got to look at these. And that happens. New vampire. Uh, if, it, if, it's, if it's day, crap, which it is. The hunter kills the vampire, and the encounter is returned to the encounter pool without effect. Ah, yes! This is not working Van out Van Helsing, when he has an encounter, can still go to the space, and he does. He gets an event card off the bottom, off which might help bottom. you. Nope. No. <laughs> he plays this immediately. Reveal the oldest location. Uh, yeah, he plays the oldest location in Dracula's Trail, unless it is Dracula's current location. Bleh, 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 I want to suck your blood. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Useless. Now, Useless. this is this is something cool. Now, what you, you were trying to do is you were trying to slip through one of those little young vampires. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, if you encounter them at night, I actually have to fight a vampire. But during the day, uh, Van Helsing specifically ran into this, and he auto-kills vampires yeah. <laughs> during the day. And so I've just stopped you from getting two points. That's why I'm celebrating so yeah. much. But I'm just going to point out that this is at 45 minutes in before I get my first break at really starting to do something to you. And all it was was just sort of stalling you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, my luck is is changing. It feels like it. And it feels like also that I'm starting to close back in on the count at this point. Yep. We've got Cologne. We've got Brussels. Yes. I mean, you moved from Cologne to Brussels, and we know it was, like, not Strasbourg, because I'm in Strasbourg. 
So it's either in Le Havre or Paris. So she travels back to Paris. So that's not it. It's Le Havre. She travels back to Paris, and she gets an equipment card. Oh, she does. Okay. Okay. Oh, wait. Sorry. I'm going to still do this, but at the start of her turn... Play this at the beginning of a bitten Henner's turn on a roll of three to six. Strike this current location and a vampires on his trail are revealed. That's what I meant to do. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I can't roll right. This is stupid. So I get my... I, I hate dice. They're so bad. I'm starting to become... I, I used to be the biggest dice fan. I'm starting to not be a dice fan. Do you know that? Oh. Because I hate the it works it works thirty percent of the time or it works sixty percent of the time. I don't know. What percent is it? Sixty six percent of the time, but as of right now, I've done it twice and it works zero percent of the time. <laughs> so sixty six equals zero. Thanks, okay. dice. So it's my turn, right? Hold on. Oh, jeez. Now it's yeah, you your took. Turn. Okay, thanks. Um, all right, so it's noon. <laughs> All right, so yes, I'm sticking up my dice rolls, and yep. I still haven't found you yet, and we are a third of the way through the game. And you've used that hypnosis <laughs> twice and failed twice. Just, just to remind listeners, the only way for me to win this game is to kill you. I have to take all of your hit points and remove them from the game. Which you can't do if you can't find me. Right. <laughs> and I can't do if I roll dice like that. I am that's, like a shadow. That's twice on that same hypnosis card, and I haven't <laughs> made it work. But uh, all of that is about to change because I finally back Dracula into a corner, don't I? Yes. Okay, so we've rolled and you've won that combat. But that does not destroy this crucifix. It just you escape, right? Correct. Okay, so all my stuff does not get destroyed and we're done. Right. And I don't take those two points of damage. Correct. And, and I don't five. take my five points oh of damage. Oh, God, this agonizing crappy rule book in the early fantasy flight library. My goodness. Hey, Grouch. I'm just telling you. I'm still confused about combat. So, are you forming a group with... I can't because I moved. Oh, okay, so he's fighting me now. Yes. Got it. But he can play stuff at the start of any combat with Dracula. I'm going to play Garlic. Uh, Dracula cannot escape from combat for three rounds. Aw, man. So that's well, a real put a deal. Little, put a token on it. I don't have a token. Well, you're supposed to have a Is token. There one? There's a garlic token. Garlic. Okay. So we can keep track of these rounds, sir. So you've been garliced. I've been garliced. <clears throat> Stinks in here. Okay, so you can only play your claw or dodge. Right? <coughs> yes. This is, I can't play escape, right? Fred? What? It says I can't play escape, correct? Correct. Okay. You cannot. You discard this card at the start of any combat with Dracula to prevent him from playing an escape. It says discard this card. Well, after the third. Yeah, so this is, this is done. Yeah. And so. you cannot play escape for three rounds of combat. Got it. Okay. Um, 
And at this point, you, let me look at what I've got because you can only play claws or dodge right now. <laughs> okay, I play this card. Okay. Okay. Flip so I've played dodge. I played dodge. Okay, so we roll a die. Six. Come on with that six crap. Six. Dang it. Mine's a four. Mine is a three, so yes. you win again. I escape. <laughs> Do you seriously escape even though you can't escape? God, yep. come on. And you lose your garlic. <sighs> Dracula is so overpowered in this game. Are you kidding me? No. All right. Now, <laughs> full disclosure, we spared you guys at least 30 minute re- 30 minute review of combat rules about destroyed items and event cards and other adventurers playing cards, etc. And <clears throat> to summarize, I, some items are destroyed. And by some of Dracula's attack, and they are, and some uh, some by usage, and by and the combination of the players and Dracula cards will have varying effects based on whoever the winning who won the die roll, and all of this is is sort of designated by just merely italicized letters on, on the, the card. card. Yeah. So it'll it'll just say like a bunch if of normal stuff, italics. and then it'll say like whatever card. If you played the card that's in italics on Dracula's card, it gets destroyed. But it doesn't tell you that on your hunter card. It tells you that on Dracula's card, which which item's going to be destroyed when you but play it against it's it. It's just the ones you drew out of the event deck. It's not like like you start with a, a series of cards that you're able to use. And they're all terrible. But yeah, but you get to keep those forever. Those are never the destroyed right. ones. The ones right. in the item deck that are kind of cool, they may be a one shot. <laughs> I'm just telling you that that the you only, had some they huge could've... problem with that. I did, I did, because all they had to do was just say items destroyed and then list those items and instead they decided that italics was the better way to say that and it really confused me in the middle of the game (laughs) it was ridiculous it was bad but the point the point is is i didn't win the combat again and nicole escaped again that's true now i'm not really failing my fair share of luck in the game at this point and let's see if that changes now that i've kind of know where you are and i attack you again I have played a knife. Hmm. What did you play? I wish I played a gun, but I didn't. I played dodge. Okay, so we roll a die to see what we do. Four. Six. Eight. So I have one. Uh, and you played a dodge? Yes. So we continue, but it says continue dash rifle. What does that mean? It means if I played a rifle. No. Because you don't have a rifle. I don't have a rifle. I don't know. Dodge dash rifle. What does that mean? Oh, it just means those are the two. Let me see it. Let me see the card. It says dodge dash rifle. Exactly. Oh, for either dodge or if I would have played dodge or if I would have played rifle. We continue. Then we continue. So we do again. So your dodge card is locked on the table. Okay. Okay. I don't want this. I don't want this. I want to play. This. I play this. I think I accidentally cheated on the last one. That's okay. Keep going. This game's ridiculous. <laughs> okay, I play that one. All right, so I've played Punch, I've played Claws. 
two. One. I won. Two. Dang it. Uh, so with your claws, we continue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I get my first card back now. Yes. What your? <laughs> this is insane. Okay. Play this. I this is me playing my knife. Dodge. Five. One. Against your knife, we continue. Unbelievable. So my punch comes back into my hand. My claws back. Okay. Okay, I play uh, dodge. I play escape. Six. Four. I escape. This is, ins- this is insane. You're the most slippery vampire ever. I did soap up. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I'm catching a greased vampire. <laughs> Squeal! Squeal! <laughs> okay, well... I'm still not having any luck in this game. But yeah. the thing is, is, is once again, when you find out where Dracula is, you just go after him. That's why it's so dangerous. That's And, and that's why it's like, you know, you have to stay hidden. It's because I had all my hunters just swarming you at all at once. Right. So immediately, I am going to attack you again. That's like your whole <clears throat> point. Well, yeah. I mean, I have to, but I mean, it's just... But the thing is, I mean, I kind of almost need to be found on occasion so I can fight back. Like, if it's at night? Yeah. So I can fight back. Well, this those, is this is my third my attack in a row. My minions weren't doing anything for me. I, I move another hunter in right now and I, I attack you again. Okay, I play this card. Okay. Okay, what did you play? Ugh. I played Mesmerize. I played knife, which means I might be able to damage you if you don't roll stupid high like you have been. One. Three. You win. You have a knife, means I bit you. I'm dead. That's awesome. So I get, I go up two? Yep. One, two, one, then And I discard all of my items. And then you kind of like hang out, right? And I go unconscious or something stupid. Oh my God. Where's the dead dude thing go? I'm not going to win this game. Okay, I hope not. I need a win. I don't think I'm going to. And I don't care about this guy. So this gets discarded. And this gets discarded. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. Okay. I can't believe you instantly killed me with bite marks. I think I go to, like, the the hospital. hospital. Yeah. So I go to, uh, sorry, to St. Joseph and St. Mary's. Right. And on your next turn, all you can do is stand up, right? Yep. Okay. Now, I think that if Mina was bitten at the start of the game... Yeah. And she gets bitten a second time and has to go to the hospital, that she shouldn't be bitten twice in a row. What? Because whenever she comes back, she's still been bitten. Well, yeah. Everybody else, if they got bit twice, would remove both those bite marks. There's no cure for vampire... There is in this game, because if, if Van Helsing got bit twice, he would go to the hospital and both those bite fine. marks would come off of him. Well, he's a much stronger person than poor little weak <clears throat> Mina. Poor Mina. Now, I have, I'm just going to point out that I haven't had this much dice burn since my last game of Risk. Whatever. You have <laughs> dice burn all the time. I and I can, and what's so funny is I'm listening to that last clip and I'm just sensing that hopelessness in my voice because I cannot <laughs> win dice rolls. I'm, I'm losing like 75, 80% of the dice rolls in this game. 
just over and over and over again. And they're all crucial, especially when I'm attacking Count Dracula. Yeah. You know, because I'm trying to damage you at all, and you're just evading me every chance. Like, I kill you, I, I escape you. I have a lot of escape abilities. I'm I noticed. Sneaky I noticed. Like that. Now, not to be deterred, deterred, I, I, deterred. You are deterred. No, no sorry. don't call me the t- Okay. <laughs> not to be deterred, I actually uh, caught your set, though, and found your trail again, didn't I? Yes. Then we're talking about Seward. He just went to no, Munich. No, we're not. He went to Munich. We're talking about Van Helsing. Helsing. Uh, he goes to Claire Ferrand. I can't believe it. <laughs> that sucks. Okay, so first off, you encounter huh, Hatchet Lady. Are you kidding me? I am not. Is that lady awful? The hunter is attacked. What is that chip called? Is that an encounter? Yes. It's an okay. encounter marker. Um, the hunter is attacked by an agent. Okay, play this card just after he reveals an encounter before it takes effect. I can discard one item card to search the item discard pile and take any one item of my choice, which is what I do. So you can go ahead and you can go ahead and do your encounter. I just get to discard an item card and which I discard this right here. And I can go through the item discard pile. To take one item that I want. So go ahead. The hunter is attacked by an agent who has fist, dodge, and any tactics cards as indicated by the encounter illustrations below. If encountered in Eastern Europe, were we in Eastern Europe? No. The agent gets plus one to all combat rolls, but we're not in Eastern Europe. So I get, what do I get? Fist, dodge, and I get knife. Okay. Blah, blah, and I'm assuming fist is punch. Yeah. Stupid. Okay. Okay, I go with this one. I go with this one. Okay. Okay. I played a steak. I played a punch. Four. Five. But I have plus. Oh, damn mind. I lose again. What the hell ever. And you had a nine. What do you have? A steak. I do one damage to you. Okay, we continue. Oh, that stays out. Sorry. Okay, I played that. I'll play that. Okay, knife. Knife. Two. Four. Dang it. Finally, one one. That's like four in a row that I lost. So, if you played knife against my knife, you die. I do? It's an auto die. Auto die? That's what that that skull means, yeah. That sucks. So, your little hatchet lady's dead. Okay. Well, then I'm going to play this card immediately after a hunter has defeated a minion encounter. The hunter immediately encounters another minion of the same type. So, I get to fight her again? Yep. You sure do. I I play this. I play. I play that. Okay. What'd you What'd you get? Three. Five. Okay, you win again. Knife. I played a stake. So against a stake, I do one damage. Okay. And we play again. Your stake stays out. Okay. That stake sounds good. Okay. Okay. Knife. Punch. Two. Three. Dang it. So what you say a punch? Punch. You're dead. Dang it. Okay. 
Okay. All right. So now I fight vampire guy, right? Yes. In the small hours. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Okay. Okay. Okay, I played a stick. I played fangs. Three. Come Six. on with your damn dice roll. I do three damage. Okay. Don't worry, I'm almost dead. Boom. I play this. Okay. I play dodge. I play mesmerize. Six. One. Why do you keep rolling sixes? All it made is continue. Okay. And I get my other card back. I play this again. Hold on. Again. I mean, I've, I've got, seriously, junk, junk. Who am I fighting? Ben Helsing? junk. He's crap. Okay, I play that. I will play... I'm going to play that. Okay, what do you play? Claws. Play knife. Four. Two. I lose again. Three out of four times. Knife, one damage. Okay. Don't worry. You pretty much got this. Um, that. That. What'd you play? I played steak. I played strength. Two. One. I've lost five of six rolls. Steak is destroyed, and we continue. I've lost five of six rolls. Just so you know. How good is that? Do you destroy your steak? It's in... Or do I destroy my strength? This is what it says. Versus... You said strength. I If I had won, I would have escaped. That's all I know. Okay, mine's If it's bold-faced bold and italicized, you break whatever the item is, I think. So I break your steak? Yes. Okay. So my steak goes away. Okay. So I've lost five of six rolls because this game is basically risk. <laughs> I'm just telling you. It's really close. I'm just telling you. It's really right. close to risk. You got a card? Yes. Okay. I'm playing knife. Playing mesmerize. I rolled a three. I rolled a three. Okay. I have plus four initiatives, so I have uh, so nine. So you played what? I played mesmerize. You take two points of damage. <laughs> that sucks. All right. Okay. Okay, I've played Escape. I play Fangs. Two. Five. Dang it. I, I end the battle. Ugh, okay. <coughs> My goodness. Oh, I lost a card on the floor. Card on the floor. Card on the floor. Damn vampire. Five of six. <laughs> Jeez. Fred's getting angry. <clears throat> I, I'm sure everybody listening's had games that go like this. Where you're just where you're you're rolling dice and losing and rolling dice and losing and, and then eventually, like at this at this point in that in that combat, I had to run. Because you were just about to kill me, and if you killed me, you'd score another couple points on your vampire track. Right. And uh, <clears throat> one thing I didn't point out is that when you play a card, like you've got your little asset cards, like a punch, a knife, and all this, you know, dodge and all these cards. But once you play that card to the table, it's locked on the table 
until you play another card, then that card comes back into your hand. Right. So, so whatever you can't your do most the same yeah. thing twice in a row. Right. So that's like I'll have like a really good card, like a stake is a really good card against a vampire, obviously. Yeah. But a punch isn't. Punching a vampire is stupid. No. Yeah. <laughs> Staking a vampire. a vampire is great. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's how many burns dice burns do I have to have in a row? That's insane. <laughs> I mean, I'm just listening to it like agonizing. But we at this point we do play back and forth for about 20 more minutes, and we get to this point. Lord Gotham or Goldemine has gone to Nuremberg. Doctor Seward has gone to Strasbourg. Van Helsing has gone to La Havre and is now playing the hypnosis card on Mina to try to, for the third time, successfully hypnosis you. And we fail again. These are the worst dice I've ever used. If I changed these dice, I would be much happier. Do what you want to do. Can't. Can't that. You'd consider it cheating. You would consider it cheating, what, wouldn't you? What, to switch you? dice at this point? Yes. No, you can have different dice. <laughs> oh, whatever. my God. Those were the worst dice ever. You always say that. There are no good dice. I have dice I have dice that, that I used in when I played Weighted? Warhammer. Weighted dice? That I, when I use them, it's like they're miracles out of my hand. I'm telling you, they're weighted. I know. I will whip you every time with these <laughs> well, dice. You can't use those dice. I'm using them every time. Nope. From now on. Nope. No, and now I obviously <clears throat> you can tell that I need something to kind of lift my spirit, and I, I think this next thing does it. And now I'm fighting your vampire. Now you're fighting my actual vampire, and you're bitten. Yes. So I get plus one against you. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I'm bitten. Anytime you're playing against a bitten person, you get plus one. Wow, I didn't even know that. And you have claws and something escape and dodge, and that's it. I have three cards. Yes, Claws Escape Dodge, right? Yeah, but I don't know what you have, so... I know, that's part of the fun. <laughs> there. Okay, I'll play this one. Okay. Okay? I played a Crucifix. I played Claws. One. Five. Ugh. So... And you played Claws, you said? Yeah. You take three points of damage. Oh. That's bad. <laughs> oh, man. That was a good round for me. All right. So you have dodge or escape left. This is uh, Sacred Bullets. Oh, mine's Dodge. Three. Four. So you won. And yours gets destroyed, and we continue. Oh, come on. All right. Okay. All right. I'm going to play the Crucifix again. <sighs> Played Claws again. Four. Five. But I get plus one. So, so it's even. I have a three. I have a two. Yes! On it. And you played claws again? Yes. Three more points of damage. Three? Oh, my God. Oh, I'm beating your vampire butt. I don't like you anymore. Oh, my God. Oh, All man. right. Hold on a second. <laughs> oh, man. 
I play this. Okay. All right, I've played a pistol. Played escape. Three. Five. Oh, what do you do against pistol? Uh, I just escape. So okay. we're done. Does it say X next to it? It's just X, yeah. Okay, so you end the combat. Yeah. Oh, man. Mina is not nice. (laughs) So I'm telling you, at that moment, it felt like I had been playing slots all night and not won a single quarterback. (laughs) And finally, I I get a couple of jackpots in a row. (laughs) And I think that one thing that doesn't come through in that clip is if, if you had, you know, had the, like, lost that last dice roll... I would have actually ended the game right there. Yeah. The pistol would have done enough damage to take out Dracula right there. Yeah. And this is a massive swing. Yeah. This this is this just proves why I think Dracula probably has to be a little overpowered is because he can die quick with yes. the wrong things. Yes. <clears throat> Don't yes me. <laughs> but I finally get this glimmer of hope. And now it feels like the game's almost evened out. I just had to basically be stomped on for two hours to get to this point. Stomped, whatever. (laughs) Now, I feel like at this point, though, I have you on the ropes, and I'm not going to let go. So we're fighting. Okay. Choose that one. Okay. Okay. I chose a crucifix. I chose fangs. Three. Three. Uh, three. Four. Ah. When you used a crucifix. Yep. Uh, we go again. Okay. All right. Card you use? Six. I used a pistol. Okay, I used strength, and I got a three. So what's strength? Is that your punch, or what is that? No, it's strength. Oh, uh, we go again. Okay. Okay. Crucifix. Mesmerize. Three. One. And used crucifix. Yes. We go again. Unbelievable. I'm kidding. Unbelievable. Okay. Okay. I used a uh, pistol. Fangs. Four. Four. Three. Four. God, you beat me every time on that. You had a pistol. Yes. I bite you. Unbelievable. I die instantly. This is so ridiculous. And that means I get two more on my vampire track. Yes. I can't beat you on those stupid initiative checks. I lose those every time. And she goes to the stupid St. Joseph, St. Mary. You're about to win the game just off killing my hunters. You only have to kill me three times. Do you know that? Good. And it's your turn. Yes, it is true that the vampire track is only six points. Yeah. And that being said, every time you mature a vampire, it's two points. Every time you kill a hunter, it's two points. And every time it becomes dawn again or something, you get a point. No, every time it becomes dark again, I think. <laughs> Is it midnight or something? You get a point or something? Not midnight. But I can't remember because we missed that part. We, we yeah. weren't doing it. But I just want to point out that once again, I lost three of three rolls again. 
Yeah. <laughs> so just when I start getting a glimmer of hope, you just stop me right back down in the mud there. <laughs> Stay down. I know. But this is, uh, it's nearly over. And I got to just point out, though, that I think the crucifix in this game is the hands down most powerful weapon. Because it seems like. it would think it'd be the stake. No, but... it's the crucifix. Because every time I lose against you with the crucifix, I don't get damaged. We just continue fighting. Yeah. But if yeah. I win, I just I just knock you out. Yeah. You know? But uh, it's all down to this, and this is the final clip of the game. No, I'm gonna win the game. It's a new vampire. I thought you got one point. It says two. Are you kidding? Dracula advances his vampire track by two, and then Dracula's trail is cleared down to one card. So I win. And you're sure it was two every time you knocked me out, not one. I think it's two. That's unbelievable. Ah, man. Page nineteen, bitten hunt. When do you move one? Do you ever move? Oh, you're supposed to move one, aren't you? Every time it hits midnight or something. Oh yeah. So you won a long time ago. You had already won. Wait, hold on. Two, every time he matures a new vampire, which I just did. Yeah, plus one every time a new day dawns. So, yeah, I won a while back. Yeah, so I'm get, I get a resolve and you get a new... Yeah, wow, it's easy for Dracula to win. And like, if I have bad dice rolls, you'll demolish me. <laughs> which means this is my game. Oh, my God. Once again, I just want to point out, myth dispelled that Only Nicole wins dice. games too. <laughs> Only on dice. And and on top of it, we you know, we've been doing all this fighting. I mean, it became just a bloodbath second half of that game. Yeah. And you win by maturing a vampire because I'm just going at your throat so much, I'm not even trying to attend to your trail. Well, and to get those vampires, that's a hard thing to do, though, yeah. because you've got to get those little guys on the track to begin with, and you're right. just pulling blind out of a bag of of the little chips. Well, we have a bag. Well, we have a bag. We, you, they, we you buy scramble these tiles. Yeah, on the, and you, on the so table. you're randomly picking a tile, and that tile can be something stupid like, I don't know. Oh, fog. Fog, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, fog's so scary. Um, so to get the vampire in the first place, yeah. then to get it on your track, and then to get that track to actually, the trap to spring, you have to find that without finding yeah. me. You know, if if they go off the end and it's daytime, they just die anyway. Well, and then like I so said, it's like kind of a challenge. Like we said in that clip, we found out that you actually were like three more points ahead of that. Yeah, well, two more. <clears throat> it was two more. I think we'd was only done, hit New Dawn twice. But still, you should have won before that. I should have won that before that. Yeah. Came in, I should have won <clears throat> on that last fight where I. Which I think, down. given given that I had you down to about three hit points left, and you had won probably before that fight even started, I think this would qualify as you just kicking my butt really, really badly. You came back I think you stomped me big time. Well, only because I won. <laughs> no, I'm, say, I'm saying <laughs> I, that I think before that comeback moment, you had already won the game. I don't know. I'm telling probably. you. Probably. I think this is officially a Nicole as Dracula stomps Fred in a game. Yeah. You were kind of <laughs> at a disadvantage from the beginning because one thing you didn't point out, yeah. this was the game where I promised you I would learn how to play it and teach you. Yeah. I suck at teaching rules. Like, su <laughs> no, super suck. No, you don't. Obviously, I do because <laughs> combat we argued about for 30 minutes in the middle of it. Yeah, you didn't teach me the combat at all. Well, you didn't ask. <laughs> I tried to and yeah. you're like, okay, yeah, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> well, well, either way, you did win the game. I did win the game. 
Now, what do you like about this game? I think it's fun. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of hidden movement games, mm-hmm. but this one I actually really enjoyed. Um, I, I kind of wish that there was, at the beginning I mentioned something, I wish there was like a dry erase marker or something yeah. that you could use on my own little map because I was kind of constantly having to go back and say, <coughs> where am I? Okay, and look at my look at the cards yeah. on the track. Uh-huh. Um, but I didn't feel like you were constantly finding me, but I didn't feel like it was impossible to find either. You know, yeah. and the game didn't end when you found me. I like that because yeah. I think that's the thing I, I that well, that's what me Scotland about Yard was like. Yeah, I, just because you find me doesn't mean I should lose. There should be like some sort of combat. You yeah. know, I mean, oh, you yeah. found me. This this game could Beat be called up. Scotland Yard with with fighting. Yeah, like but you I li- find Jack like the Ripper combat. and then you have to take him down when you get there. You, you should have to away. take him down <laughs> just because you see him. Oh, there he is. I see him. He's getting in that cab over there. Exactly. Exactly. uh, So I I like that. Yeah. What else? Anything else? I don't like when you make me go first. Let me comment on your stuff. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, here's the thing. I think that this game uh, was had a really good theme. I think it really attached to it well. Now, tell me, tell me something like uh, because whenever I whenever I've played hidden movement games, if I'm the hidden character, uh-huh. I feel like a, a heightened level of stress above what the other people are. Did this did this kind of give you any kind of tension tension at all during uh, it when I'm no. moving around? Where you're just like, yeah, if he finds me, I'll claw his face off. The, yeah. So you were really confident as that because I felt because you confident. had that fight round. Because I've I've it played Scotland better. Yard as the hidden guy before, and you are like terrified half the time. Yeah, and and no, I played Scotland like Yard that. where it came down to a coin toss ending. You know, it's like oh, if he, I only have two places I can go to, and if I go to this place, I find the Jack the Ripper. If I go to the other place, I don't. Yeah, I've had that ending before, and it's frustrating. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that's why I like this better, you yeah. know? And because you're Dracula, I mean, why would you ever be afraid of somebody finding you? Well, in the daytime, maybe, but, you know, if they're going to, like, be in the sun sh- sunshine on you, but that wasn't a component of this game. Yeah. You know? But it doesn't make sense that, you know, if a mortal finds you, that you'd be all that terrified. Oh, no, I'm dead. No, yeah. not really. So the fact that you're going to have a chance to fight them, you're just weaker in the daytime? I can't believe you can fight back in the day at all. You know, this is, I guess it's, it's Fury of Dracula with a little bit of Twilight, you Maybe. know, he sparkles. Bram Stoker's Dracula meets Twilight. <laughs> he sparkles. Yeah. Well, there was a little, little glitter in the box. Yeah. No, just kidding. <laughs> so I, that, I mean, as far as a traditional <laughs> sense of vampires, that part was a little hokey. Yeah. But it's vampires. Come on. <laughs> you know? But I mean, and the thing is, is there's a lot of pressure on the hunters in this game, especially if I played it again, I would feel it a lot more because... Every round you don't touch that trail, you're just just out there, you know, floundering, just doing nothing. Yeah. And and it just it, it I, I didn't feel that tension because it was our, our first game playing this together and I had never played it before, but at, I think it was pro- <clears throat> it probably would be more tense for the hunters yeah. than for the, the vampire. Yeah, there should be a building panic of I'm not finding this guy. Yeah. You know? And uh, because I think it's a pretty decent theme. And I think the, uh, I really, really like the movement track in this. I do too. That, that Dracula plays his thing down and it slides down every turn. I love the traps on them. I yeah. think that's really cool. And I love the fact that, you know, you flip that card up and then you start, then you, then you start this speculation where you're like, okay, you were here. You're two moves later. You're, you're somewhere else. So if you were here, you could only be, and you just kind of map out this little space and you start spreading out and kind of converging on that area. And that's really cool. I, yeah. I think that's that's probably my my favorite part of the game. 
The uh, components were pretty decent for being as old as it was. Yeah. <clears throat> really were. Yeah, I thought the components and were nice. Even though it was a three-hour game, nearly three. I mean, we we uh, we did have a 30-minute discussion. It was probably actually closer <laughs> to about two and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, even though it was two and a half fight. hours. And it would slow down if we played with a full complement of players. I don't know that it would because you were – I think it would almost speed up because you were actually having to pay attention to each one well, individually. I would, I would have to discuss with the other players where I think they should move. There would be like a little more collaboration. Well, that's probably moments. true. That's true. Uh, <clears throat> but even though uh, it was that long, it didn't really feel that long. No, it really didn't. Yeah. It was not one of those games where you're like, oh, can this end, please? And, <clears throat> no, we were, we were still having fun. And this this is, I mean, I think if, if, everybody, if anybody got this, at, at least this this version of it, they would probably want to concentrate on that combat rules and play out a little bit of combat before the game starts. Yeah. Don't start the game, get an hour into it when you get into your first combat, and then get mad because of <laughs> How because... ridiculous italics are. Oh my gosh. <laughs> now, what I uh, what did you not like about this? Do you want me to go first again? Yes. You're ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The balance of the game, uh, I think, swings really quickly. And that's... I don't think that's a bad thing. Well, it turned out to not be a bad thing, but it could be a terrible thing. Like, if I ran into Dracula right off the bat and with that first Mina attack had you down to three hit points, you'd be in a nonstop panic the rest of the game. You know? Yeah, maybe. Maybe that would make the game better. I don't know. But if you've ran into me that quickly, <clears throat> then I didn't do a very good job of placing yeah. my vampire anyway. Because to start the game, all four of the hunters place their characters first, yeah. and then Dracula goes in and places his right. vampire. So you can choose. I mean, you're not going to be right next door to somebody. Mm-hmm. unless yeah. I mean, unless you're just really wanting to get caught. Some now people like that. <laughs> Um, I think that the game didn't evolve enough over the course of it. I don't know what you mean. And what I mean by that is I'm playing a character and I'm gearing up to go fight a a vampire. And Uh I felt like about 45 minutes in, my characters just stagnated and they stayed pretty much the same for the rest of the game. Well, what were they supposed to do? I I mean, I don't know. You know, if I'm playing, if I'm playing like a, you know, a normal game like this, I would be able to increase maybe my die rolls differently or get more stats or something like that. And I just wasn't able to do well, much. It's not like a... It's it's an RPG kind of in a box. When you place characters and stats and weapons and gear and stuff, you're playing a role-playing game in a box. Not necessarily. You are. And, uh, the... This is supposed to be like a matter of three days. How much do you think your level's going to increase in three I'm days? I'm saying that the game... If it was like over a course okay. of three years... Here's what I'm saying. I started at zero, and I went to 100% in 45 minutes, and then I stayed just at 100% the rest of the game. There was nowhere left for me to go. Because it's only over three days. You're not going to grow that but much. The game that is would take a three, away from the, the game is a three-hour game, and my character stopped evolving less than a third of the way in. Well, that's how you. That's why you want to get more event cards. That'll help you evolve. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that. Eh. I, I feel like as a player, which you were not, so you can't like sympathize. With I me, played <laughs> <laughs> that my character never advanced. Like I didn't feel like well, I was. I had a better chance of fighting Dracula after 45 minutes than I did after two and a half hours. I felt like I had the exact same odds through the rest of the game, and there was nothing I was going to do that really. Well, really I think that it. has to do with the combat specifically then because that would be like the one of the things i didn't really care for yeah it it felt like 
combat. I mean, it, it, they, you had your cards and you had your dice. Yeah. But in the end, it really just felt like a extremely complicated, very fancy version of rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Like way harder than the lizard Spock version even. You yeah. know, just that's exactly what it was. Is, yeah. It, except except it was like it was like you're playing rock, paper, scissors, and I play scissors, you play paper, but if you roll higher than me, your paper beats my scissors. Exactly. That's what this game's combat is. It's kind feels of weird. Like. <laughs> yeah. And I mean I, there could definitely be a better combat mechanism for yeah. that, and maybe that would help with your. It was your supposed to kind of. Pains. It was supposed to kind of be like a strategic <laughs> element that they added in, where you're picking your card based off of what cards they could play. Yeah. And now at night, Dracula's options are wide open. I've got tons of options, but, but I during didn't even the day, use most of those. During the day, you were limited to like three cards, and I was able to say, "Oh, look, I do more damage with this than that." Right. So I'll play this on her with the hopes that I'll actually hit you, and I lose the dice roll again. Right. <clears throat> so that's that's pretty much Fury of Dracula. The only thing I, I kind of just now remember that we never mentioned in this what? is on that movement track, the, there are C spaces, and you have special C cards. When you move to a C space, it, it's like a blue-backed card that goes in the middle of all these yellow-backed cards, and Dracula loses a hit point every turn he's at C, yeah. every card you play. And you can't <clears throat> hide that you're at C. Yeah, and it actually is very blatant, but C, C spaces are real huge shortcuts that can, you know dramatically change where you're at. And yeah. you didn't, the reason we didn't talk about it is because you never played a single card from I the did C. not go to C. It never yeah. seemed necessary. To me, the, as playing as Dracula, the only time I ever even considered it, yeah. um, you, had, you had found me or were just getting ready to find me, I think. Or I think one of your characters was getting ready to find me, and I was like, well, if he hasn't found me by the time Mina gets here, then I won't go to C. Yeah. You know? But if you had, I was going to have to... That was, like, going to be my right. only option. Now, given that we play this game, how hard do you think it would be to teach a, a person who's not experienced with games? Man, I suck at teaching, and I didn't do well at all teaching you combat. So I'm going to say it's probably a five. I'd say a four or a five. Yeah. No, you got, you got there's no half points. Four or five, which so, is it? Uh, I'm going to say four. Hmm. I'm going to say a four because I know I can teach better you're a than better. you. Shut up. I knew that was coming. I knew it In was coming. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'd say a four. You say a five. And now what would you rate this game? I think it's a four. I do too. I really enjoyed it. I think it's a four. And I, I would think, totally play it again. And it, what's funny is is I, I remember all the dice rolls and I heard all my, all my burning effects, you know, and how miserable I was getting as I kept losing dice roll after dice roll. And then I thought if I had two other people who don't roll so crappy like I do, they would actually, we'd probably have a lot more fun playing this game. Yeah. You know, and if I was on a team of people, I think I would have had a lot more fun. And it, it made well, me really want to play this game again. See, and we went to like a, a game night. <clears throat> where somebody had it and they asked yeah. if you wanted to play it and you're like, eh, we just played that. Like it was like the well, night before or something. We had we had about three hours of time to play. And I was wanting to play a couple games. A couple of well, games. Well that too, that but you you were still through. you even when we were on the way home, you're like, Man, I just didn't want to play that game. I mean we just played it last night. I I just don't have any desire to play it. There that is game. a cool down time. But then you got past all your anger over the dice burn and now you you had told me that you wanted to play it again. Oh yeah, it's pretty cool. And I, I'd like to I wouldn't even mind playing it just the two of us, yeah. but with roles reversed just so you can really see Right. You know, this is not just a Dracula wins game. <laughs> right. Now, before we move on, I, I want to address uh, some differences in the upcoming re-release. Oh, good. Now, <clears throat> there's not been a rule book released, and this is all just based off of, like, you know, gathering information from various Gen Con report clips and stuff like that and, and images that I was able to find online. Okay. But uh, the new version has no train die. 
So you don't roll when you ride the train. If you are in the newer part, like the light side of Europe, uh-huh. you move three spaces, up to three if you want. And on the dark side, you only move up to two. See, and I think the, that's an unfortunate change there. I well, like it, I like the train day. It, it makes people move around faster and track down Dracula faster. That's fine, but it takes away from the theme because the theme spe- specifies that yeah. during that time, trains were unreliable. You might get caught up in yeah. customs. You're in going well, into East, Eastern Europe. You didn't get to travel as far anyway. <clears throat> now, this is off of a clip that I watched, though. And, and the guy said that you could do that, but he had several of these little train ticket chips on the table. Uh-huh. And I think you may draw them and it tells you how many spaces you can move in one or the other is what it really does. Yeah, maybe but it does get rid of that train die. I like the die. Now, the sun track, and I, I, they didn't explain this anywhere. For some reason in the new one has 15 spaces instead of eight. That makes no sense. I don't know why. It just seems like they're moving time differently or, or maybe they're, you know. What? Okay, so. <clears throat> well, there's not even 15 hours. Well, and, if it was 12, it might almost make sense. <laughs> 15? What is that? And the vampire track now has 13 spaces instead of six. I can kind of see that well, if, they, if they ease up on the combat. Now, <clears throat> something else they, they promised is the playtime has been reduced from three to four hours to two to three hours. So they've that's somehow knocked good. 60 minutes off of this, which is a, which is a positive thing. Yeah, because three to four hours, that's unfortunate. <clears throat> that's just... Um, you got to have dedicated fans yeah. to play a now three the, to four the, hour game. The trap chips have been replaced with cards, which makes me think like you're going to have, because like whenever you would get like one of your vampires killed, uh-huh. your vampire would go right back into the chip bag and yes. you could shake it up and draw that same vampire out again. They have the potential for it. Right. Where I think the new one has limited those odds on how often you can get a vampire out by creating a deck of cards. See, Which means that you'll probably have to discard it. You don't shuffle it in every time it dies. Yeah, I'm not sure I like that either. Of course either. not. It's against the vampire, you Drax sympathizer. That's right. The uh, <laughs> uh, A lot of the layout has been redesigned. I mean, the artwork has all been changed. Well, and they, of course. Or not, like, the artwork, actually, I think has, has been reused, but they've redone like formatting around it and stuff. Yeah. And the dice have been replaced now with a, com- a new card combat mechanism, which makes me just go, What? I'd be able to really whip her for real this time. Shut up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But that, that actually kind of entices me. I don't know. If I, saw, if I see it super cheap, I may actually pick up the sequel. Yeah, I can see that because <laughs> the, the, the combat style is a little wonky and the dice don't make it seem like you're really... Like I said, we play rock, paper, scissors and we still get to roll to see if paper beats scissors exactly. or whatever, you know? It's just the outcome right. that varies. <clears throat> eh. Well, that's uh, Fury of Dracula. That's our playthrough review for this episode. Uh, let's go ahead and get to some questions, Nicole. Okay. We did get a question for this episode, and uh, Jay wrote us, and he said, if you could have a board game based on any horror movie, which would it be? What would you like? You want me to go first? Okay. Yes. Uh, I kinda, I don't know. It was, it was, this was a hard one for me to choose, mm-hmm. but I think in the end, I would go with Saw. Yeah. 
but I don't know how you would design it. Yeah. But I, I would like to have like kind of a, and it's probably like the later Saw movies where they're exploring a little bit what more. What if it's like the adventurers, except it's Saw. <laughs> oh, where the traps actually activate and yeah. kill your little, eh. No, I was thinking more just, but it had like the exploration of like a betrayal at the house on the hill, house on haunted hill, whatever that betrayal Oh my God, I just messed that title up. But anyhow, that kind of exploration, but then in each room have like randomized puzzles that you have to solve. And if you don't, then your character dies or maybe he loses a leg and then his movement is decreased or, you know, or gets thumped in the head and misses a turn. I don't know. I don't know exactly how you, want you do torture it. torture the board game, don't you? Not, well, kind of. I think oh it'd be funny. <laughs> it'd be funny if you had like, you know, that get bit game where, With where, the shark. where you lose like and little lose legs leg, off your yeah. robot. You have like a little guy and you could pull legs off. Oh, and that'd be pull so awesome. Or something. But I don't, but the, but the puzzles themselves, <laughs> I don't, I think that might limit the rep- replayability yeah. of the game. So that's the only part that makes me go, I don't think it'll, well, I don't think it'll ever happen anyway. Cause <clears throat> who else besides me would go, let's do a torture board game. Yeah. See, and I, I'm going to go horror genre as well. Of course. Wait, that's what he asked. My favorite genre. He said oh, yeah. a horror movie. You're right. You're right. Ding dong. So I would probably go Lady in Black. Because I, I want woman? the woman in, in black? black. Yeah, because it's like I want the game to be more about finding out what the backstory is than I mean. I just I just don't think there's much out there. Like I want it to be like investigative detective game based around some sort of ghost story. I think that'd be cool. Okay. Don't you think? Where you're kind of where, where the game is like you're trying to investigate and you're trying to solve the problems before everybody else, and then it's kind of like a race game, you know, almost at the end. That's kind of similar to what I was thinking, I guess. To, you know, only with puzzles in mind. Yeah, only with torture and dismemberment. In well, only because that, like I said, that part would be funny. <laughs> but I, I just think it should be more about the backstory and discovering what you know, what caused what, and what to do. And you know, they, they, like horror movies always tend to have these, like especially ghost movies, always tend to have these like moments where they're like, "All we got to do is just bury her in a proper cemetery, and she'll be fine." Yeah, you know, and they always have those kind of moments, and I, I just think that that would be a, a good. Like I mean, even the ring would be would it be a, a fun setting? I, yeah, I thought you know? about that one too. Because they do a lot. The Don't ring is perfect. It. Don't spoil it. They do it. a lot of investigating. You know, to uh-huh. more than they do like you know haunting in that. More like more than the scare tactic. Right. It's the what's going on is the scary right. I, part, I want, not the yeah. not the the setting is a ghost story, but the story itself is is you know is is an investigation. Right. I, I, I just it. don't think people really address that in games yet. You know? Yeah. So thanks for writing us. And if they do and you know of one, (coughs) let us know. Right. Thanks for writing us again, Jay. And uh, Nicole, I'm just going to tell you that uh, that's it. Sad music. That's right. Now that brings us to the end of another episode. And uh, we'd like to thank anybody who wrote in and helped us and people who are going to write in. And help us in the future. <laughs> and they're going to write us at either Fred at TalkAboutBoardGames.com or Nicole at TalkAboutBoardGames.com or they're going to like us on Facebook, talk about board games, or follow us on Twitter at TA Board Games, or follow us on Instagram, talk about board games, or you can send us stuff uh, to P.O. Box 6943. Lee's Summit, Missouri, 64064, if you'd like. That's our P.O. box for the show. And uh, 
Nicole would like to stress that she'd love it if people would give us a review us on um, iTunes. Yes. Because we've got two reviews. We would like to thank our reviewers. Yeah. Garlic guy, isn't it? <laughs> Chuck something? Oh, I'm so sorry. I meant to look that up before I got on here, but we so appreciate garlic you. So, Garlic Chucker. Thank you Chucker, so much. What? Whatever. <laughs> no, seriously, I'll look it up before the next episode and, and thank you properly, sir. Right, or, right. Or madam, as the case may be. Now, <laughs> but I'm thinking of this guy, so. Now, it is still October, and it will be at our next episode, and we really hope that all your pumpkin designs are going well, and that your costumes are getting all set, and we're going to be back in two weeks on Halloween Eve to play the game that Nicole was pushing me to play, and we'll be playing the game that is still my favorite game, A Touch of Evil. Thanks for listening. Man, I want to suck your blood. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Useless. <laughs>